This is Jocko Podcast number 101 with Echo Charles and me, Jocko Willink. Good evening, Echo. Good evening. Second Lieutenant Bernard Wilfred Long was a smart young man who went to Birmingham University at age of 16 back in 1912. He was commissioned in the West Yorkshire Regiment in January of 1916, and Bernard, or Burn, as his family called him, served in World War I in France, and he wrote this letter to his father in early August of 1916. He said, we've been having it awfully wet here during the last day or two, and my word, talk about mud, it's simply awful. I get into mud up to my knees. I can take a sporting risk as well as any of them. And shells have got no fear for me. I've seen great big burly chaps who do nothing but curse and drink and get down and pray like a child when there is a bombardment on. And they don't care who sees them and no one dares to joke about it. I've just heard from a pal of mine from Brockton who went down to the Somme when I came here, and he says he's been over the lid seven times in attacks on the Bosch line. Pretty awful that, isn't it? And I marvel he's alive to tell the tale. He wrote another letter to his mother on August 11th, 1917. I am off by an early train tomorrow for the rest billets behind the firing line where we shall be for a time to get to know our men, etc. I am going up with two pals and we are all pleased. I shall think of you all while I'm up there and know you won't forget me. We're fighting hard now and it's a serious game. We're all ready to lay down everything if need be. And if God wills, I'm ready. So goodbye and wish me luck. Your loving son, Burn. And Second Lieutenant Bernard Wilford Long was killed in action at age 21 at the Battle of Langmark on August 16th, 1917, 400 men from his battalion went into action. All 10 of the officers from the battalion died, along with 264 of the men. On September 11th, 1918, there's another young man, Sergeant David Kerr, an American who dropped out of Columbia University to fight in World War I. He sent a letter to his mother the day before the attack on St. Miel in France. And he wrote, tomorrow the first totally American drive commences and it gives me inexpressible joy and pride to know that I shall be present to do my share. Should I go under, therefore, I want you to know that I went without any terror of death, and that my chief worry is the grief my death will bring to those so dear to me. 
Since having found myself and Mary, there has been much to make life sweet and glorious. But death, while distasteful, is in no way terrible. I feel wonderfully strong to do my share well, and for my sake, you must try to drown your sorrow in the pride and satisfaction, the knowledge that I died well in so clean a cause as is ours should bring you. Remember how proud I have always been of your superb pluck. Keep Elizabeth's future in mind and don't permit my death to bow your head. My personal belongings will all be sent to you. Your good taste will tell you which to send to Mary. May God bless and keep you, dear heart, and be kind to little Elizabeth and those others I loved so well. David. The End. And while the Americans actually broke through the German lines in the attack... They suffered 7,000 casualties in 72 hours of fighting, and 20-year-old David Kerr was among the dead. And that attitude, that attitude where death is not feared, We can find examples of it in so many different places. A great example is from the American Civil War. From a man by the name of Sullivan Balu. Now, after the battle at Fort Sumter in 1861, President Lincoln called on the states to form up militia troops to put down the rebellion and Sullivan Balu who was born in Rhode Island was one of those volunteers and he was commissioned a major in the second Rhode Island infantry regiment he was third in command and the second Rhode Island infantry regiment moved to Washington and joined the Union Army of Northeastern Virginia. And on the 14th of July, 1861, from Washington, Sullivan wrote his wife a letter. And here are some excerpts from that letter. My very dear Sarah, the indications are very strong that we shall move in a few days, perhaps tomorrow. Lest I should not be able to write you again, I feel impelled to write lines that may fall under your eye when I shall be no more. Our movement may be one of a few days' duration and full of pleasure. And it may be one of severe conflict and death to me. Not my will, but thine, O God, be done. If it is necessary that I should fall on the battlefield for my country, I am ready. I have no misgivings about or lack of confidence in the cause in which I am engaged, and my courage does not halt or falter. I know how strongly American civilization now leans upon the triumph of the government, 
and how great a debt we owe to those who went before us through the blood and suffering of the revolution. And I am willing, perfectly willing, to lay down all my joys in this life to help maintain this government and to pay that debt. But, my dear wife, when I know that with my own joys I lay down nearly all of yours and replace them in this life with cares and sorrows, when, after having eaten for long years the bitter fruit of orphanage myself, I must offer it as their only sustenance to my dear little children, is it weak or dishonorable while the banner of my purpose floats calmly and proudly in the breeze that my unbounded love for you, my darling wife and children, should struggle in fierce though useless con contest with my love of country? I cannot describe to you my feelings on this calm summer night when 2,000 men are sleeping around me many of them enjoying their last perhaps before that of death and I suspicious that death is creeping behind me with his fatal dart am communing with God my country and you Sarah, my love for you is deathless. It seems to bind me to you with mighty cables that nothing but the omnipotence could break. And yet, my love of country comes over me like a strong wind and bears me irresistibly on with these chains to the battlefield. The memories of blissful moments I've spent with you come creeping over me, and I've feel most gratified to God and to you that I have enjoyed them so long and hard it is for me to give them up and burn to ashes the hopes of future years when God willing we might still have lived and loved together and seen our sons grow up honorable to manhood around us I have, I know, but few small claims upon divine providence, but something whispers to me. Perhaps it is wafted, perhaps it is the wafted prayer of my little Edgar that I shall return to my loved ones unharmed. If I do not, my dear Sarah, never forget how much I love you. And when my last breath escapes me on the battlefield, it will whisper your name. Forgive my many faults and the many pains I have caused you. How thoughtless and foolish I have oftentimes been. How gladly would I wash out with my tears every little spot upon your happiness and struggle with all the misfortune of this world to shield you and my children from harm. But I cannot. I must watch you from the spirit land and hover near you while you buffet the storms with your precious little freight and wait with sad patience till we meet to part no more. But, oh Sarah, if the dead can come back to this earth and flit unseen around those they love, I shall always be near you. 
in the garish day and in the darkest night amidst your happiest scenes and gloomiest hours, always, always. And if there be a soft breeze upon your cheek, it shall be my breath. Or if cool air fans your throbbing temple, it shall be my spirit passing by. Sarah, do not mourn me dead. Think I am gone and wait for thee, for we shall meet again. As for my little boys, they will grow as I have done and never know a father's love and care. Little Willie is too young to remember me long, and my blue-eyed Edgar will keep my frolics with him amongst the dimmest memories of his childhood. Sarah, I have unlimited confidence in your maternal care and your development of their characters. I call God's blessing upon them. Oh, Sarah, I wait for you there. Come to me and lead thither my children. Sullivan. And on July 21st, 1861, the regiment took part in the first Battle of Bull Run. And as one of the senior officers, Sullivan went in front on horseback to direct his men and he was hit by a cannonball that tore off his right leg and also killed his horse. And he died from his wound a week after the battle while a prisoner of the Confederate Army at age 32. Again, an individual obviously prepared to make the ultimate sacrifice. And we know that the enemy can be equally prepared to die. And we saw that clearly from the kamikaze pilots from Japan in World War II. One of those young kamikaze pilots was named Yukio Araki. And he was a member of the 72nd Shinbu Squadron. And he wrote this letter, Dear Father and Mother, I trust you and my brothers are doing well recently. It has been decided that I will go at last to take part in the Battle of Okinawa as a member of the Special Attack Forces. I am deeply moved. I only look forward to sinking a ship with a single blow. When I look back, I apologize for not being devoted to you in any way for some 10 years to this day. Through teaching by various senior officers after I entered the army, I now devote myself to my country as a special attack force member. Please find pleasure in your desire for my loyalty to the emperor and devotion to parents. I have no regrets. I just go forward on my path. I ask that you teach my three brothers so they can serve our country as noble airmen. 
I sincerely hope you take good care of yourselves and make strenuous efforts on the home front. Please give my regards to all my relatives and to everyone in the neighborhood association. Sayonara. Yukio Araki. And he did indeed die at the age of 17 in a suicide attack on American ships near Okinawa on May 27, 1945. And the Japanese also imposed their willingness to die on their people. And here is a description of that brutal imposition from American sailors, from the journal of an American sailor named James Fahey, who served on the USS Montpelier in the Pacific. And this is what he wrote on November 10th, 1943. This afternoon, we came across a raft with four live Japs in it. As the destroyer Spence came close to the raft, the Japs opened up with machine gun at the destroyer. The Jap officer then put the gun in each man's mouth and fired, blowing out the back of each man's skull. One of the Japs did not want to die for the emperor and put up a struggle. The others held him down. The officer was the last to die. He also blew his brains out. The Spence went in to investigate. All the bodies had disappeared into the water. There was nothing left but blood and an empty raft. Swarms of sharks everywhere. The sharks ate well today. We went to battle stations. And at 10 p.m. we were attacked by enemy planes. Later, darkness descended. And the rains came. And just coming off the episode that we did with Musashi, who obviously overcame his fear of death... And I got a book in the mail from Japan. And the book was called The Hundred Rules of War, and it's from someone in Japan named Eric. Eric Shahan, who turned out to be the actual translator of this book. And he's translated a bunch of other Japanese books on martial arts, and he asked me, if this book, The Hundred Rules of War, if any of the, the rules inside this book apply to modern warfare. And I, I read through the book and I, I read the book and came to a very clear answer that yes, not only do many of the rules in the book apply to modern warfare, they also apply to life in general like many of the rules that I talk about. And this book, The Hundred Rules of War, which, by the way, only has 97 rules in it. But the book was originally written by Tsukahara 
Bokuden, who lived from 1489 to 1571. So that's actually before Musashi's lifetime, because Musashi was born, they say, in 1584. So this, this book predates Musashi. And there's, there's actually multiple revisions on this book. It's interesting, people would get it and add something to it over the years. There was a foreword written to the book in the mid-1600s by Takuan Soho. And then there was an afterword written by one of the grandchildren of Bokuden's students. And there's another section, the first eight lines in the book that were added, and those are attributed to Shogun Yoshimun, and he's a shogun that ruled Japan from 1716 until 1745. So this book is very interesting, and um, since Eric, who sent it to me, is obviously fluent in Japanese, I'll apologize, of course, for my bad Japanese pronunciation, but we'll go for it. And I'll, I'll want to take you through some of the sections of this book that, again, I feel not only applied to combat today, but to life today. And interestingly, here's the, we'll start off a little bit with the introduction. And this is, again, written by, written after the original book came out. And this guy added this introduction to it. And he's describing how great the book is. There's a little bit of arrogance in this, but it's okay. Because he's saying, hey, he's not saying he wrote it. He's saying, look, this book is important. Mm. And here we go to the book. If you change out the people, if you change out the words, if you change out the places, and if you change out every generation, it is like the difference between rain, dew, snow, and ice. They are each formed by the same water. That's interesting, right? Because mm-hmm. now we're talking about people. Mm-hmm. Hey, you can be different times, different places, different different surroundings, but it's like the difference between rain and dew and snow and ice. It's the same water. Mm-hmm. The same people are the same. Back to the book. These words should be read by any and everyone who follows the way of the warrior. Speak them aloud so that you may hear them in your ears and fail to heed them at your peril. They're not simply words to revere and praise. If you are attempting to equate the teachings within this scroll to any other work, know that this is knowledge that can be found only after summiting the tallest peak of a mountain. The depth of the wisdom contained on these pages makes the sea seem shallow by comparison. If you were to compare a person versed in these ideas to a stone, you would find the latter soft by comparison. Pull a bowstring, launching an arrow, or pulling a bowstring, launching an arrow, raising your whip, encouraging your steed, donning your armor, taking up your lance, gaining fame and honor, and becoming one who starts a great house. Read this book, listen to it. Understand the unmistakable truths. It would be utterly foolish to not lock them in your mind. In my opinion, even if you lived through a hundred generations over a thousand years, coming across another book like this would be like to a blind 
turtle who comes to the surface once every hundred years, climbing its way into a hole on a piece of driftwood. <laughs> I like that. Now, as we jump into this book, there's one more thing I need to mention. I said that there's these additions kind of to the book over time. Well, one of the additions to the book, I mean, this book was written in the 1500s, but one of the additions to the book, and this is something that that Eric added, that he found a translation of the book by a researcher and a practitioner of the sword arts. And this guy's name was Hori Shohi. And he produced the text and he put little helpful interpretations, kind of furthering the idea a little bit. So I'll read those sometimes because it gives a little bit of clarification as to what's being talked about. And these first eight lines are actually, I'll, I'll give it up for these first eight lines in this book being fairly epic, fairly epic. And again, these were written by Tokugawa Shogun Yishimuni. And again, he was the uh, Shogun ruler of Japan from 1716 to 1745. And here's what he added to the book. And I think these are, well, here's number one. You cannot have pleasure without pain, and you cannot have pain without pleasure. Your struggles now will be rewarded in the future, so you must endure. Right? Yes. <laughs> kind of speaks for itself, does it not? Mm-hmm. In fact, I think we call that discipline equals freedom. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, next. Be reverent towards the law. Be afraid of fire, be afraid of thoughtless, delusional people, and never forget to be reverent to those you owe a debt of gratitude to. This is one of those things that, what do we say now? Never forget where you came from, mm. right? People say never forget where you came from. Well, yeah. don't forget those people that got you there. Because yeah. where you came from, somebody helped you along yeah, yeah. the way. Mm-hmm. And so don't forget about that. Next one. You should think of greed and lust as the enemy. Hmm. (laughs) Concur. I think I like this one. You should neither sleep late nor talk too long. Now, I guess I'm kind of the talk too long. I may be violating that on a regular basis, at least once a week on a podcast. Yes, me too sometimes. Actually, you might violate that on a regular (laughs) Potentially, hey, but here's here's a guy don't sleep late and you know I get this all the every time I Every time somebody talks to me about sleeping mm-hmm. someone says well, I, I have the night shift yeah. or well I work late and my, my kids don't go to bed until midnight. Okay. I get it mm-hmm. I'm not saying everyone in the world has to wake up at 430. Yeah uh, What I'm saying is this you shouldn't sleep late, right? And yeah. that if you work the night shift not sleeping late might be waking up at noon, yeah, right? But yeah. you didn't oversleep is my point. Yeah, it's the idea. Just like how yes. you said, like we all want to like stay cozy in our bed and kind of take our time right. and get it up and kind of right. thing. Yeah, it's the idea for sure. That's what I get from it yes. anyway. It's not the mandatory thing. Yeah, yeah, 4.30. And if you don't wake up at 4.30, you're black or something yeah. like that. Like someone, someone um, I had a picture of my hand on the interweb, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a little callus get removed sure. on the pull-up bar. And <laughs> oh, on the pull-up yeah, bar. Yeah, okay. yeah. Gotcha. But someone 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 said, "Hey, if if someone doesn't have calluses, they don't work out." 
And then someone else said, well, what if you run a marathon? You still work out. Yeah. And so that's the <laughs> point, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? Yes. It's the, yeah. the point is get some, right? <laughs> Kids. Can you get some while training for a yeah. marathon? Yes. yes. Can you get some while running a marathon? Yes, you can. Yep. Look at look at Rob Jones. Yep. He just yeah. ran 31 marathons in <laughs> yeah. 31 days. Yeah, that's getting some. We're not sure. accusing him of not working. Yeah, out, right? yeah. Mad at his lack of calluses, although I'm sure <laughs> yeah. he has calluses yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next. Take care to organize even trivial things. Then if something major occurs, it will not catch you off guard. Hmm. So that's the little things that matter. Attention to detail. You learn that when you're in the military. When yeah. you join the military, I joke about it. They make you fold your underwear mm-hmm. in like a four by four inch square. Yeah. And that's the thing. They're t- trying to teach you attention to detail. Yeah. Because actually I was talking to a Marine buddy of mine. I think it was, I want to say it was Morgan. Yeah. And they were, they landed their helo and the gunner or whoever was in charge of the weapon cracked off a 50 cal round into the so you have a 50 cal mounted in the in the helicopter yeah. guy cracked off around he if a, if a weapon gets hot it can just shoot oh okay yeah yeah gotcha. if a weapon is really happened. hot it's called a cook off you've got a round in the chamber and the weapon's hot and it can just make that round go off from what the wet anything just weather no, no from hot if it's hot well you're shooting it okay if it's okay. hot outside gotcha. then you gotcha. add you shoot it a bunch and now it gets hot there's a, a, a hot round sitting in the chamber yeah and a, a minute goes by or you, you don't know you don't know how long it's going to be it could be a yeah. minute it could be five minutes but boom all of a sudden it just fires yeah and this so before in this particular case i'm not sure the weapon system it was a 50 caliber but i'm not sure where they had it mounted but anyways he should have cleared it before he folded it up into the helicopter, mm-hmm. and he didn't do that. And so he pulled the the rounds out, but there's one round sitting in the chamber, and sure enough, it cooked off. So that's the kind of thing where they're trying to get you to pay attention to the small details, yeah, the trivial things. Yeah, the trivial things aren't too trivial. Yeah did did they exp- do they explain that to you? Like when when you're folding your underwear, do they explain okay it you know they, at all? They or? they do, and I've talked about this before on the podcast that my drill instructor in in officer candidate school at the end of officer candidate school he explained why on everything at the end at the end oh like yeah. Mr Miyagi like now, while now, you're doing of course it. no while you're doing it though they'll they'll be saying how can you you can't even fold your underwear not right how can we trust you with a weapon system you know yeah. what I mean they'll say that kind of thing to you yeah. but you don't really when you're well when I was going through regular boot camp yeah. you're just trans your your mind is being transformed from civilian world to military mm-hmm. world so you're not you don't have good perspective yeah makes you know sense. Yes. you're like weapon system man I yeah. just want to <laughs> eat the next meal yeah, yeah, like yeah. You're, you're not you can't see the big picture mm-hmm. I mean I, I couldn't I was too young or too dumb or a little bit of both yeah, yeah. but they do they're saying hey how can you how could you how could you trust how could you fly an airplane mm-hmm. if you can't even fold your underwear right boy yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're actually thinking well damn maybe i shouldn't be flying an airplane <laughs> if i can't fold my <laughs> underwear right yeah but they're trying to teach you attention to detail and it is mm-hmm. good and it does apply to everything you know it does apply to everything and you you do the little things right and that way the little things are in order and that means the big things, even if they catch you a little off guard, you're at least prepared for them. Yeah. Yeah. That, that whole thing. I mean, I, I dig it, you know, how they're talking to you guys like that, but that whole thing where 
how do you expect to do this when you can't even, you know, tie your shoes right or whatever, you know, like say, or you don't buy into that. Mm, I do. Actually, no, it's good. You're like, how are you going to run? Cause a lot of things, it's like a false little equivalency there. Some, some things they're telling you to pay attention to little yeah, things. No, I it's get it. attention to detail. I, I get that part of it for sure. But I'm saying like, if, say, if they're not explaining why I don't, and it could be wrong. Well, they're Easily. explaining why, but they're doing it. They're not doing, they're not breaking it down right. for you. Yet, yeah. Like a school teacher is right, like, right. okay, well, this is echo Charles. Let me tell you why this is important. They're not doing that to you. No, I'm just, they're not, they're not, they're saying, Hey, yeah, I, echo, get it. I get it. Yeah. How can we sure. trust you with a rifle if you yeah. can't fold your underwear? Right. Yeah. Okay. And, and 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 I would say this. Maybe I didn't see the big picture, but I yeah. at least saw the little picture. Well, yeah. Well, that's really you know? the thing. Ultimately, like um, you know, like and I mentioned Mister Mia, like on Karate Kid, right? Where he's like, wax on, wax off, mm. you know. And he's like, oh, this is so dumb. Then at the end, he gets the picture, you know. But mm. as he's doing it, I mean, he didn't say, you know, if you can't send the floor, how are you gonna fight yeah. in the tournament? Nothing like that. But well, he was teaching him some kind of technique, allegedly. Right. But that's essentially but. what they're doing as far as attention to detail. They're what making you do, you do all these what little. Could you do jujitsu that would make you. There's nothing. Dean and, Dean <laughs> I'm and I, sure there's Dean a bunch and I of used stuff. To sit there and footlock pieces of wood. Yeah, but that's pretty. Like that's an obvious translation, true, you know. Like true. I'm gonna footlock. It's like punching a punching bag, you know. Same thing. Yeah. Jujitsu version. Check. All right, going to the next one. 90% is not enough. Only 100% will keep disaster at bay. <laughs> That's good. Sure. Now, of course, many times I'll say, hey, 80, you got an 80% solution, go. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people sit around and wait for the perfect right, right. plan. Good plan now. Which, so I think that's a little bit different. But this, I think, if you're talking about effort, yeah, right, the effort has to be 100. percent Yeah, you're not going to give 100. percent And it's a settling thing too, right? You, you know, people oh, yeah, like don't, you don't don't like settle. You know, don't settle for 90 percent because it's 100 percent is required. Exactly, like effort or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's what I get from it. Next, having good judgment also means being able to endure. Endure, take pain, and it's not just pain. It's also being able to take just just like, annoyance, yeah, yeah, and discomfort, just, just like discomfort, yeah. and like how many people don't want to do a job just because it's it just because it's grueling and not yeah. fun, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. right here, me. A lot of <laughs> you fall in that category. <laughs> not right now, currently, obviously, but you know, in general, yeah, that's my general attitude from for the most part. Sometimes. What was the worst, most menial job that you really hated? Uh, my worst job that I really hated was being a mover at American Movers on Oahu in Hawaii <laughs> for the summer. But then you get a little bit what, like, like, hey man, I'm gonna move this thing really fast. No, <laughs> no, not at all. It was like moving for other people all day, like, and it was bad as like 13 hours a day average. I work construction. Did, did I ever t- tell you about when I worked construction and the first day on the job site, they, the guys came into the Wendy's. I worked at Wendy's. Sure. And the guys looked at me and, the, and this old Italian guy, builder, he looks at me and goes, what are you doing here? And I said, I'm making rent. He says, you want to work here? I said, no, sir. He said, you want to work construction with me? I said, yes, sir. Mm. He said, report tomorrow. We're over across because they were building the place right across the street. Yeah. I said, yes, sir. So I showed up there in the morning and there was there a dump truck had come with a ton of concrete block mm. to 
that we were going to build a little foundation wall. And they just dumped it, you know, a hundred yards away, all these concrete blocks. Yeah. And he says, hey, your job today is to move these blocks over to get them over here near the foundation thing. Yeah. And he said, we're going to get some coffee and some donuts. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> donuts. So I said, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And he got in the truck with the guys, right? And I started moving these blocks. I was running. I was running. Yeah, yeah. Literally running as fast as I could possibly do it. And I wasn't even doing that as like a challenge to myself. I was so happy to not be working at Wendy's. Yeah. That I would have I mean, I just was filled with, <laughs> with energy. Yeah. So I get all these blocks done and the, another guy was there who didn't go to get coffee and donuts. And he kind of gave me like, "Hey man, you need to slow down. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're going to make everyone look bad. Yeah. And I, I would just say, hey, I'm going pretty slow. <laughs> and I said, I said, don't yeah. worry, I'll do whatever. You know, yeah. I'll do your job. You can sit there. Yeah, I yeah. don't care. Yeah. So, but what but is you didn't it, get though? any of that? You didn't get any? I mean, you I, didn't propose little challenges to yourself yeah. and your little work crew? Uh, that's actually how I got by. Okay. It was like, okay, let me... Just because if there's a way to get by, you should tell people because some people are stuck in jobs that they don't like right at this moment in time. They're listening to podcasts and they're working at Wendy's. Yeah. And I worked at Wendy's, bro. Yeah. (laughs) No, I dig it. That was not fun. Foot Locker. What did you do there? Worked at Foot Locker. But did what? What, Like a sales guy in the back, (laughs) stocking shoes and stuff like that? Yeah. You know what's funny, man? On Kauai, working at Foot Locker was kind of, well, when you'd walk in, it'd be like, dang, that's kind of cool. You get to wear the ref uniform and all that. And the <laughs> man, when we, we were in high school. So, yeah. man, we started working. I was like, this is, it's tedious. Like, it's weird how your perspective changes. Yeah. I was thinking about that the other day when you're a young team guy and you mm-hmm. get, like, when I got my first apartment. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was, I might as well man. be Donald yeah. Trump. <laughs> I was the yeah. richest guy in the world, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. It was like, I was the man. Yeah. But then as you, you know, you settle into that, and then you say, "Well, you know what? I need to buy. It'd be cool to have a little house." A lot. You got to be be weary of the greed. That's true. That's true. But that's natural, though, right? It's like a, you know, when you get used to something, it becomes the new standard. You know how that whole thing works, right? Well, well okay. Then what's the difference between someone? Because you and I both know people. We all know people. There's people that get to the comfort zone and then they're mm. done. What's the difference yeah. between someone that gets the comfort zone and done, and someone that gets the comfort zone and says, "All right, I'm comfortable here, but I want more." Yeah. I want to do more. Maybe not want more because that implies a materialistic point, but yeah. I just want more. Huh. Yeah, I know, huh? Because <laughs> they're both like really like obviously prevalent and like almost natural. Yeah, you can get both of those personalities exist. Yeah, but the, I'm sure we're all like, but we're both of that. I'm sure everybody is both of those things in one way or another. You know, like in, oh yeah, like, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. we're probably well, both in like the comfort zone big time as far as certain things. Uh, you know, I don't know what like off what? the top of my head. You know, I can't no, really you know, speak what's, for you. You know what's you, interesting? Because if you think about it, you see someone that's got 70% body fat. Yeah. And you go, dude. Yeah. That dude's got 70% body fat. That's got like, like that sucks. Like uh, yeah. that person should work, you know, try and get that, try and drop that percentage down. Yeah. But there's someone that's looking at me. Some guy that's obsessed with being lean as hell. He's looking at me like, God, I can't believe Jocko's got whatever. Yeah. 20% or 18, whatever my percent body fat is. Yeah. He's looking at me going, 
dude. Well, you know yeah, what I mean? So yeah. am I in my comfort zone? No, 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 no. No, no not apparently at all. I am. No, no, because it's not like you were getting after looking after your body percent levels and then you hit a certain number and then you were like, eh, who cares? Kind of thing. I yeah. don't think that that's the way it went. Here's what happened, and not with you, obviously I can't speak, you know, as far as your comfort zones go, but a typical one we'll say is that you know, guys will be working out and like getting their fresh haircut or whatever. And then they'll get married and then they won't work out oh, as much. Yeah, and yeah. Guys, girls, whatever, um, you know, and do that. They, they quote unquote, let themselves go after they get married, like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But they might focus a lot more on their career and then they might want more of that. But then, the you know, it's like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think you got to watch out for the comfort zone. Uh, yeah, I think so too. <laughs> All right. Next. Oh, now we've moved beyond those opening lines, and now we get into the bulk of the book, which again, which is written by this Bokaden guy. And here we go. It does not matter whether you are firing, firing at an enemy near you or an opponent some distance away, you should be adept at selecting the best arrowhead. And then the... The amplification on that says the lesson here is that you need a strong arrow for an adversary at close range, but a lighter one for hitting an opponent far away. And I guess when I read this, the point that I got out of it was you you need to be able to select your tools properly. Right. That's good. And and as a leader, you need to be able to select. Think of all the tools we've talked about on this podcast that you need to use as a leader. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you got to be a little bit harsher with a guy. Yeah. Sometimes you got to be got to flank a guy. Sometimes you got to be directors. All these different tools that you need to use as a leader. Mm-hmm. You got to be adept at selecting the right tools. And I gave a metaphor on here one time about about how uh, you're like a woodworker, right? Mm-hmm. This is actually. What's interesting about the woodworker metaphor is as a leader, you have to be like a woodworker, which means you need to learn all these different types of tools, but you need to learn how to use these different tools on different types of wood. And each one of these types of wood, each one of these individual pieces of wood is a little bit different. They got a little knot, they get a grain, they get things. So you, you can't just learn a mechanical skill. Yeah. You have to learn to be a true craftsman with the tools and then you have to learn about what the different types of people they are and then you have to see that each, even a different type, like this person might have a big ego, but they got this other thing. Yeah, they get yeah. a little knot. They get a little different grain. Yeah. Kind of like a barber. You know, the barber cuts your hair. <laughs> using the clippers. <laughs> well, yeah. And you, he busts out the thing, and it depends, you know. Yeah, that's true. Like a barber, or I guess we could say any type of craftsman that has to work with varying medium. Sure. Yeah, pretty much anybody, really. Everybody. You ever watched the social network, bro? Watch that show. It I sounds weird. It. It's a, when you first hear the it's idea about, it's about of Facebook, you of, about Facebook mm-hmm. and Zuckerberg. The first when you hear about that, you're like, oh, who cares? But bro, that's a good movie, really good movie. Anyway, it's a movie. I thought it was. A, is it a show or a movie? A movie. Okay. The social network. Yeah. Is he awkward? Yeah, yeah. It show. It's really. Is he, good. Do they overdo his awkwardness? You think? Maybe. Maybe. I, I, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't really follow um, Zuckerberg to know his awkwardness or whatever. But Have you ever heard people call him Zucks? Yeah, it Zucks. Like, like we're tight. Gary calls him Zucks. <laughs> <laughs> we tight. Anyway, yeah, right? sure, Zucks. Zucks. Of course. But he, he's, he's, he's doing something. He's, he's breaking into the, the college mm-hmm. computer or mainframe, whatever he's breaking into. 
and he's kind of narrating what he's doing. He's like, I had to do this, so I had to break out this, this, you know, and he's, he's doing mm-hmm. the same thing. That was a really revealing part in regards Wait, to this concept. Wait, he's doing the concept. same thing? What? Oh, he's got to make, Yeah, because he has to tools. get in here, cause he's, so he's trying to solve these, it's all code, and, you know, so he's trying to solve this problem, but then this problem comes up, and then this one has these specific problems, so he has to solve them, but he can't just do it with the current tools. He has to bust out Did this other tool. Did he have the tool. vision when he was creating it of, of what it was going to be? Well, did he feel that confident about it? Does he see? Did he see the whole vision, or did he like wake up one day and say, "Dang, this thing is going to be really"? No, no, it was it was a, like it was a slow evolution into it because at first it was like he started with this thing called Face Smash, which was basically just comparing the girls on campus, like who's hotter, mm. and then you click, okay, she's hotter, and then you go to the next one. She's out there, you know, Dang, and then that's cold blooded. Yeah. And that was a big part of it. It was like, that's what people would hate him and stuff like that. And then it just slowly, um, no, it was a social network. These guys, like, isn't that weird? Rowers. That's like what a teenager would do. Right. Oh yeah. Big time. And that's <laughs> what they were trying to emphasize too. More like he just wanted to be like liked by people or I don't he know, made that up like and thought that, that was going to help him be liked. He had a <laughs> weird approach. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This is just what the movie said. I don't know. You know, I'm sure there's some inconsistencies with it. But no, you know what's weird is it would be weird to meet him. Well, not just to meet him like, hey, nice to meet you, but to actually know him, I guess. Yeah. Because then you see what someone's... There's been there's been people that I've kind of known that were uh, whatever, sort of semi-famous or so, or whatever the word is. Sure. And, and in reality, like on TV, they seem like they're not cool people. Yeah. But in regular life, they're really cool. Yeah. And then the opposite... I've also seen where someone is seems super cool. Yeah. When you see their persona yeah. and then in real life, they're not cool. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that'd be pretty common to kind of be inconsistent in that way or, or have it be inconsistent as far as your experience with that person. Seems like that'd be kind of common. Mm. Right. Because a lot of people, if they're famous or if they're, you know, famous, popular, whatever, you a lot of times you kind of got to turn it on for the camera, right? Oh. Especially because you're essentially a performer in one way or another, mm-hmm. whether it be actor or whoever, you know, even like businessmen, you know, like it's weird. And it's not even necessarily a bad thing. It's more like, for lack of a better term, a required thing, you know? So like my brother, for example, mm-hmm. like if I know him, but then when I hear him talking to like, like, I don't know, executives oh, or yeah, something yeah. or like um, every once in a while, he'll I'll see him on a, like an interview or something, and I'm like, like he there's some, only because I know him, oh, I know him yeah, so yeah. good, so it's different. like I feel I you see know what the I just difference. thought of uh, uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah. So I actually met Joe Rogan a long time ago when I was just Dean's one of Dean's cornermen, right? Yeah. You know how you know how Joe Rogan treated me back then. How super cool, <laughs> like same. like just cool, yeah. just the same. Yeah. And then when I was up on his podcast. Cheap the same, yeah. same dude. That that's yeah. that's a good dude right there. You know Agre- what I mean? Agree. And f- strangely enough, I had the exact same experience. And this is, and this will this will kind of demonstrate how legitimate it is, right? So same exact story. I met mm-hmm. Joe Rogan for the first time with Dean and my wife. We went mm-hmm. to, we kind of knew Red Band through. It's a long story. So we went to one of his shows. We got to go to one of his shows and go talk to him afterwards, right? So that's the first day I met him. Same thing. Super nice. Gave mm-hmm. me his email. Yeah, you know, I'm like, oh, all right, I'm just some dude. Echo Charles. He's like, yeah, yeah. Well, Email so me like, sometime. Cool. Yeah, and then so the next time I see him was when I went to Legends to train. When I was going mm-hmm. to LA for you know for filming, and then so I train at Legends, and so I go there and um, 
he's there he's rolling with everyone and everything you know it's like he's known there or whatever you know like a calm just another person there as far as training goes and then um so he's kind of cruising down the side so it's like oh i'm gonna go ask him to roll so i was like hey what's up yeah i met you with dean long time ago you know a few years ago whatever he was like he was like yeah that must have been a lot like he totally didn't remember me you Mm -hmm. know it's not like oh i remember you so now i'm gonna be cool to you it was like he did totally didn't remember me. I was probably one of many people, and he was still just as cool. So he starts talking about UFC. You know how like you, yeah, you, yeah. you go, hey, small talk before you guys roll, and then um, so it's small talk, and he starts talking about current UFC stuff. We didn't even roll. He, I just wanted to listen to him talk about UFC, <laughs> and then, so we didn't roll. But same thing, same exact thing. Yeah. And then, and even when I went up to film with him for the Metamore stuff or Eddie Bravo stuff, same mm. thing. He like forgot about me again. That was like years ago, and he was like, "Oh yeah, that must have been a long time ago." Same exact thing. I was like, "Yeah, well, that was a long time I, ago." Actually, I actually respect the fact that he doesn't go, "Oh yeah, yeah, I remember." Yeah, you. yeah, fully. Yeah, he's he doesn't play that game. Yeah, he's like, no, he, I actually met eighty million people last yeah. year, and I don't really remember you, but it's good to hang out with you right now again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess exactly. And this, I mean, of course, yeah, Joe Rogan is like this, and. It, it, if people are like this in general, that is just like I said, that's kind of like a, not a litmus test, but kind of like it's this indicator, you know, mm. he didn't remember me. So really, since he didn't remember me for all intents and purposes, I was just another person and same exact treatment. Just cool. Just normal. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah. like, I'm me and you're you. And there's this separation kind of thing. Yeah. It was none of that. Yeah. No, it's a good way to be. Yeah. I don't even know how we ended up talking about that one. You dropped Joe Rogan's name and we started talking about <laughs> it. So, you know. <laughs> Good point. Name dropper. Name dropper. All right. Next. Your mount should be of normal strength and spirit. Horses with a strong urge to win or fearful and skittish should be rejected out of hand. So I thought this was interesting because we're talking about finding someone that's balanced right mm. not, not someone that's he, he's saying normal normal strength and spirit don't want someone that's super aggro right but you don't want someone that's weak you want someone that's in the middle and the the amplification on it says horses without nerve are weak while a horse with a lot of spirit cannot be ridden by normal people mm. in other words a slightly strong somewhat plucky horse is best plucky by the way second time we've heard that word today mm. this is a sign Mm-hmm. To learn the word. Do you know what it means? I didn't know what it meant. No, no. It means brave. Plucky means Plucky brave. Plucky means brave. Okay. Does indeed. Had to look that one up. Similar here. As long as a horse is strong, is it acceptable? It is acceptable for it to have a certain inclination. However, never ride a horse with a tendency to retreat. So if you got a strong horse, it's it's basically to me, this is as long as the thing is not going to turn tail, if it's a little bit feisty if it's a little bit of this a little bit of that you can have a little bit different personnel and what I, what I took away from this is as a leader once again you're gonna get people with some things going on yeah. some little personality yeah. traits some little like when you're putting together a seal platoon you're gonna have some guys that are got yeah. some idiosyncrasies right yeah you got a, you got 16 guys in a seal platoon you got 36 guys in a task unit they're not all the same by any stretch and some of them are going to be even further outside the box of you know they're gonna have sure they're gonna have some kind of idiosyncrasy we might even call it an issue even though I hate that's kind of an overused word but <laughs> they might have some kind of issue right sure okay what this is saying is as long as they're not gonna retreat and run we're all right yeah. but if they're gonna retreat and run 
If that's their idiosyncrasy, can't have them. Yeah, yeah. Get rid of them. What do you call them? Deal breaker. It's the deal breaker. Deal breaker. Deal breaker big time. All right. Next, while small horses may be easier to handle as well as dismount from, those who prefer such animals are are a bit dim-witted. So what I like about this is if you're in a leadership position, mm-hmm. you might want to surround yourself with people that are just we- that, that'll just do what you say and they're you yeah, see what I'm okay. saying? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I want my horses all just to fall in line yeah, and they're yeah, easy yeah. to get on and off. And if I yell at them, they don't they don't bark back. Yeah. You don't want those people. You want people that are a little bit harder to handle. Just a little bit harder to handle. Mm. Maybe they're gonna stand up to you. Like I always say, you don't want to be surrounded by yes men. Yeah. You want to be surrounded by people that will question you and say, Hey, I don't like this plan. So that's the kind of horses you want. Not not little tiny weak horses. No. All right. Next. You should know that a person wearing a newly forged sword will invariably blunder even if that sword cuts well. So Basically, this is like you got to watch your new guys a little bit. <laughs> mm, wait, so, wait, say that again. It's it's you should know that a person wearing a newly forged sword will invariably blunder, even if that sword cuts well. Okay, gotcha. So you got to watch your new guys, and here's the amplification on this one: a sword that is not at least a hundred years old is one that you cannot rely on. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> like young people. Full of vigor and energy, the vitality of a young sword is not entirely stable. You cannot rely on it. Mm. Hey, you gotta watch. Yeah. You gotta watch. Unproven. Unproven. Mm-hmm. Gotta watch them. That makes sense to me. Now, I'm not saying they won't be badasses, because yeah, yeah. they might be. Right. They might be. I had new guys that were complete badasses. But you don't know that. I also had new guys where you'd think they're going to be good. It's weird, man. I've been talking about buds a little bit lately. Sure. With some of my friends. <laughs> you buds. you have no idea who's going to make it through. Yeah. You don't know. Because it's mental, right? You're, it's I mean, mental you can't and see physical. Their mental, it's mental you know? and yeah. physical. It's yeah. mental and physical. Hey, can you get cut from buds just because you're not like let's say is there like I don't I don't know, but you know, like let's say there's a run. Mm-hmm. And you got to, you know, do you, do they, is there any circumstances that are this or similar to this where you got to make this run in, you know, 10 minutes, whatever. Mm-hmm. And if you don't make the 10 minutes, you're out. Yeah. But there's yeah, stuff like for that. For sure. Absolutely. There's mm-hmm. a, there's actually the standard times for runs have been in place since I went through and they're the same mm-hmm. uh, for the, for what they call a four mile timed run. Yeah. The four mile timed run in first phase, the time, maximum time you can take mm-hmm. is 32 minutes. 32 minutes. What do you run in? That's that's that you're you're surprised because that's slow, right? Four mile. That's a time eight, run. That's an eight minute mile. That's pretty fast. What? It's pretty fast. No, it's pretty fast. Then in second phase, it goes down to thirty minutes. Bro, you used to run a what? A, f- a, a yeah, f- I could do it, but it's not like that. Yeah, I was well, let me tell you. Let me tell you. That is not fast. That okay. is not fast. All right. In second phase, it goes to thirty minutes. In fourth yeah. phase, it goes to twenty eight minutes. That's a seven minute mile. That is not yeah. fast. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say like ten minute mile. This is what this is what trips people up, or jams people up, as you like to say. What jams people up is when you do the run, you're not fresh. <laughs> That's the thing. You're not fresh. Me up big you're time, not yeah. fresh. You're wearing boots. Boots. You're okay. wearing pants. Yeah. You're on the soft sand. 
on the sand. Yeah, yeah. And and okay. the sand, yeah. like part of it will be hard pack. Yeah. But then like part of it's going to be soft. Yeah. And, and this has changed a little bit from what I've been told. Uh-huh. When I went through, the instructors, maybe that run was 4.2 miles. Yeah. Maybe it was 4.5 miles. <laughs> maybe it was maybe it was 3.8 miles. They, they kind of estimated. <laughs> so if you didn't make it the time. So when I, when I went through, if you didn't make the time for that for run. Yeah. They had your name. If you failed again, you were done. Okay, so it's like one strike. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Now, the interesting thing is if you failed to run mm-hmm. and then you failed to swim, mm-hmm. you could still, well, you would still be there. But okay. if you failed to run or swim again, you again. Yeah. yeah. Okay. If you failed to run and to swim and you failed an obstacle course, you'd still be there. Gotcha. You fail one more time. They call it being on the bubble. Yeah. Actually, I think, okay. no, that actually came from officer candidate school. I don't think we said the bubble. There's new things that, that, that develop in buds. Yeah. That come. Yeah, I've heard on the bubble plenty of times. You're on the bubble. Like they, they say that about buds, or that just means in general. In, in, in life, life, yeah, in, yeah. In like oh, you're at your job. Yeah, yeah you're on the bubble. You're gonna yeah. get cut. Yeah, yeah. So thanks. Okay, so that that's what you mean by it's physical, because like yeah, it's physical. Okay. Like if you don't, yeah, you like, can fail like physically. I've, I've been telling people this lately. I had to run as fast as I could possibly run to pass the runs. For that form, I would that would be me too. And the one time, one time I paced myself. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna pace myself. And sure. I'll, I'll be fine. Yeah. I paced myself. Yeah, I failed. <laughs> like Sorry, so, so then from then on, and I had a buddy that was a cross country runner in yeah. high school or college or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, run with me. And I'm like, yeah, I and I did. Yeah. Like I ran as hard as yeah. I, and that's how I had to run every run. I had to run as hard as I could. Yeah. And there's guys that ran cross country. Those runs are a joke for those guys. I mean, yeah. Echo, it's no big deal for. I mean, there's a lot of people that can run five minute miles. Yeah. That are yeah. doing those runs in you know yeah. a four mile run in like twenty to twenty two minutes. Yeah. And uh, I'm that's judging. Not, that's not. For, I'm surprised that you thought that was fast. I think I just caught you off guard. No, it's slow, uh, dude. It, it might be slow. Depends on what you mean by fast and depends on what you mean by slow. When I used to like run, I would run on the treadmill and I would run Dude, a seven minute don't mile. Don't talk to me about the treadmill. But the treadmills are, <laughs> no. That's part of my point. You run on the treadmill, I'd run like a seven minute mile pace. And I'd be like, dang. And, but I'd only do like one mile. And I'd be like, good. That's yeah, like I my, I've, the, I've, I've only run on a treadmill like three, three times. It's easier. It's e- yeah. e- you're like, In it's fact, kind of when bouncy. I was on board ships, I would run around the flight deck. So that's what I mean. Marines and I'm like, I'm shoot, these guys running seven, eight minute mile. Usually when I'd run like four miles or five miles on the treadmill, it'd be like 10, like just under like a I, nine minute something. I, mile. I don't even know how to translate to a treadmill. I honestly don't. Well, I don't know how that translates. Yeah. So I would say it's like, but a nine minute mile is pathetic, right? That And that's what the pace I would run my four miles. And I wouldn't be dead, but I'd be, that'd be that's, there's to go harder. There's something if I'm, wrong. if I, if you want me to run an eight minute, seven minute eight minute mile with boots in sand even some of the time you're crazy <laughs> i would be so you're, so you're a slow have, distance runner is what i'm hearing apparently yeah i would be going like you as fast as i possibly can to yeah. make it check Dang. back to the book <laughs> while you should select a sword with a handle that is long and thin you should reject any sword with one that is excessively long I like that a lot of these rules are balanced. They're about balance. That's what they're about. Yeah. Hey, you want it long and thin, but don't not too long. Yeah. You want a horse that's strong, but not overly strong. Yeah, yeah. You're, this is a lot about balance. And here's 
the amplification. You are less likely to drop a sword with a thin handle. However, in cold weather, you are liable to drop a sword with a thick handle. For the most part, when on horseback, you should pass a string through the handguard of your sword and tie it to your arm. Once you drop it, you'll be able to pick it up again. Have a lanyard. Hmm. Have a lanyard on your weapon. Have a leash. Have a board. No, that's different. No, no, no. no, I think think that's the same thing. No, leashes are for dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Don't. uh. Uh, I I had my whole career had a lanyard on my pistol. Hmm. Only needed it one time. Dang, I don't think I've even heard of that. Meaning, mean I only dropped my pistol one time. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. Next. Again, balance. It is good for the tip of your spear to be long. However, if it is too long, you may find yourself in trouble. Amplification. The blade on the end of your spear should be long, but not excessively so. If it is too heavy, then you'll lose it. Balance. Got to keep things balanced. Next, even if you're able to fly up into the sky without feathers, you have no chance of victory with a spear you cannot wield with your own two hands. <laughs> I like that one. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of like girls overpacking for a trip and making you carry their stuff? I don't think it has anything to do with that. Kind of. <laughs> when you really think about it, think about it. Oh, because she can't carry her yeah, own stuff. Yeah, she has all her stuff that she needs and she's going to do well on the vacation as far as comfort goes, whatever. But she can't even carry well, it. Well, you, you if, if you would have made it not about vacation, but about <laughs> patrolling, humping through the woods, right? Like, it's great that you brought a whisper light yeah. and extra food and all this other stuff, but you can't carry it. Yeah, That's not good. Yeah. yeah. Remember Leif was talking about that? Right? Yeah. Remember he was like, first, first patrol yeah, in Ramadi. Yeah. He had 27 <laughs> hand grenades yeah. with him. He was ready for World War Three, though. <laughs> you know? All right. Yeah, because what was the double doozy? was getting acclimated to being in the 120 degree heat yeah. and getting acclimated to running around. The Marine mm-hmm. Corps is out. They've been out there for months sprinting from corner to corner, yeah. cover to cover. Yeah. And they've already minim- minimized their gear somewhat. Mm-hmm. And Leif shows up. He's Not only is he a little heavy or maybe even a lot heavy, yeah, a lot. but also he's getting acclimated. So it's a double, it's a, it's a one-two punch. Yep. All right, this is a good one. While the shaft of your spear should be long, ignore the ground at your peril. When I first read that, I was thinking to myself, okay, what does that mean? Well, that means ignore the ground. Here's the amplification. The length or shortness of your spear, as well as the weight, lighter or heavier, should differ based on three factors. You, your enemy, and the battleground. So even if your spear is sufficient, not having an understanding of the der- terrain will def- will result in defeat. Gotcha. Terrain. Yeah. That's what these. That's what he means by ground. Yeah. Ignore the ground at your peril, and this is something that's very difficult. Or it's it's something that we don't talk about. Even even I've talked about it before on this podcast for sure. Mm-hmm. Knowing terrain. That's what that's what combat is. Combat is knowing and understanding the terrain. It's knowing and understanding the ground. It's understanding land features and buildings and what angles yeah. produce and and where your patrol should go and where a good ambush site would be. That is all based on knowing the ground. Hmm. The terrain is what we call. We don't call it the ground. We call it the terrain. Yeah. Knowing terrain features, micro features, micro terrain. What's this little draw? Dead space. 
All these little things are so important. Hmm. So that rule absolutely applies to this day. Next, samurai do not gorge themselves at banquets. Eating twice a day is more than enough. Amplification, samurai must train themselves to be able to withstand hunger and to always be on their guard. From days past, it was said that two meals a day is plenty. It appears there were some people eating three times a day in this era. (laughs) (laughs) Dropping the hammer. Do, Do you eat... Three meals a day? Three, yes. Yeah. Thought so. <laughs> Sometimes two. When I'm feeling, you know, warrior spirit. Mm. Yeah, they, I've actually heard that. I think Hoyler was the one who told me what? that the two, two meals a day? No, it wasn't as much as it was the amount of meals a day. It was um like the type of meals. You know, they he oh, would never they eat do the these mixing. heavy meals. Oh, okay. They'd, yeah, they'd have a certain mix, yeah, yeah. like kind of formula, the but they diet. Yeah, and if you notice it, it's really light. Bananas and know? cucumbers. Yeah, and like yeah, <laughs> it's really the weird stuff they got to mix yeah, together. But, uh, we he made this smoothie for me one time. It was like there was like I want to say a cream cheese in there with watermelon and banana. It was like interesting <laughs> little mix, but it was good though. <laughs> but it was like and like a lot of the stuff is light because you. Um, you know, when you get a lot of people coming in trying to challenge you at the academy, this oh, is like yeah, old yeah, school, yeah. you know, when people, you, gotta you always got to be ready. Gotta be yeah. Ready. So you can't be like, oh, I just ate a, you know, I don't know. I don't like training. Meal people ask me that all the time. Do you, 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 do you, what do you eat in the morning before you work out? I don't eat anything. Nothing. Yes. And I, I don't like to eat before I train. I agree. And some people say, oh, it's an hour and a half. If I don't eat an hour and a half before I train, I don't even like to eat. Yeah, two three hours. Before I think I that train. might be psychological. You I mean, hey, look, that's everyone's why, different. That's why it's about chicken today because we got delayed. And I was like, hey, if I don't eat now. You might get hangry. Uh, no, then by the time I'm training tonight. Oh, yeah. Dang, then, okay. then I would have to eat when we were done. And yeah. all of a sudden it's yeah. 45 minutes to an hour and I'm on the mat. And I don't like that feeling. I don't want to stuff any in my gut. Yeah. I'd rather not eat. Well, consider this. We're in a real general way of explaining it. If You you know, when you eat something, your stomach got to work. Your stomach's muscles. Yeah, They're yeah, called yeah. smooth muscles as opposed to skeletal muscles, mm-hmm. by the way. Smooth muscles, they got to get to work, and you know, and enzymes go in there, all this stuff. So that's taken away from your skeleton. Yeah, the the blood flow, like all this stuff. Basically, the resources of your body start going to your stomach now, and now you want to demand some resources for the rest of your body. Well, when you go to train, the stomach's like, "Hey, what about us?" Resources bail from the stomach a little bit. Stomach feels upset. You might throw up Mm -hmm. or feel like it. Andy almost puked the other day. Yeah, that's bad. All right. Same subject. That's why I'm going to go right to it. If a samurai is preparing to step onto the field of battle, it is wise to avoid it is wise to avoid eating anything other than hot water poured over rice. So that's one way to do it. Yeah, keep Amplification. If you eat a lot at a banquet before a great battle, the food will not have settled by the time the fighting starts. Echo Charles called it. Yeah. If you then were to have your head chopped off, all that food would come out and it would make a great big mess. Food will not pass down the throat of a coward. It appears tea was not common. Okay. Interesting. Next one. Something a samurai should never be without is the thing you use to sharpen your blade, a whetstone. Makes sense, right? Sure. That's why you bring your rings. When you go on trips. Yeah, when I go on travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I go for multiple days. If I go if I'm only gonna be gone for like two or three days, mm-hmm. I will just use whatever random pull up bar I can find or make or yeah. 
But if I'm going for five days, six days, bring the rings. Yeah. The rings make a big difference if you have rings. Yeah. So many workouts you can do with just rings. Yeah, when you think about it, and I know this from experience, it's it's in my experience, it's harder to find something to do pull-ups on than what you'd expect. You'd think, oh, yeah, I can just do it like right here or wherever. No, it can be harder, yeah. You can I do I think it, so. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do push-ups anywhere. You can do push-ups. You can do you incline push-ups. You go against all yeah. you need is a wall. All the yeah. incline push-ups. And, and you can do all, all kinds stuff. of crazy squats and, squats. and pistols and jump squats yeah. and burpees. Yeah. Pull-ups, that's why rings are yeah. key. And once you have rings, then you can also do ring dips. You can do ring push-ups. Yeah. You can do like assisted squats if you need them. Sure. I don't really do that, but. No, no, no. You don't need help. <laughs> no. You're the man. Well, I need to do squats. You're the man. You're the man. Bro, I'm not over here bragging about being able to do empty body weight squats, but mm-hmm. but you can do everything once you yeah. have a pair of rings, and you can usually find a place to do pull-ups somewhere. Parking garage, they have little overhanging ledges, they have I-beams you can hang on to, yeah. they have, I hate to say it because I know someone's going to rip it and break it and spray water everywhere, but they have sprinkler systems yeah. in there. Yeah, and that's actually pl- Plumbing the biggest systems. part of my point. Actually, the cast iron where they where the sewage goes out of a building, it's usually a big pipe and it's hard to do pull-ups, but it's good. Yeah, I don't think that that's good. I think that's a, a risk right there. And of. it's probably against some sort of a rule at the hotel or yeah, whatever you're so talking be about. Be careful. Don't tell them I told you. Yeah, yeah. Break Don't the, blame me. Break I'm the rules in the name of, of working. I'm not at, taking ownership of you, of your, your faults. <laughs> right, there you go. Next. It is unseemly for a samurai to be enamored with the flavor of food that is set down before them. It is best that your meal be a soup made of boiled water poured over rice. That's how they roll, man. Yeah. They're just like, you know what I'm going to eat? Rice. Yeah. With hot water poured over it. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it's a distraction. Do you think that 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 sort of asceticism keeps keeps you tougher? Kind of. Yeah. Right? In a way, it, it 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 provides less distraction from your goal because, like in in fitness and you know, like working out, bodybuilding, <laughs> a lot of time, like that's a factor big time because you got to eat a certain amount to maintain or gain weight and all this mm. stuff and you know, maintain certain, you know, macros, you know, <laughs> fat levels, all this stuff. So you can't just be going to KFC and or wherever yeah. you think is super delicious and just eating it and be like, hey, this, you, you got to have like certain amount of like lean stuff and you can't add a bunch of sauces because there's extra calories in there, yeah. you know, all this stuff. So yeah, if you, if you can endure that kind, that kind of like food that doesn't necessarily taste that good. Yeah. You can get to your goal way better. What about Charlie Plum eating two balls of rice a day? <laughs> For six years, yeah, I'm sure that you know that kind of helped him. Helped him later. With what? <laughs> it's like accepting of conditions, okay, right? Well, that yeah, you know, like you, it's like if you're if you're used to sleeping on the floor with like no AC or and then heat you get or whatever. Sheet. Yeah, and you know oh, yeah. you can go sleep on someone's couch. You can go get rest pretty much anywhere, and that's a good luxury. Mm-hmm. If you, especially when you compare it to a situation where you don't. You, you don't have that kind of tolerance, you know? You know the kind where, like, you need a certain, like, softness and temperature and noise level to oh, sleep, to like fall that. asleep. Yeah. yeah. And then some people, they'll just fall right yeah. asleep while you're talking to them if they want to kind of thing. Yeah. I can weird. sleep in some, I, I can sleep real easy on airplanes. Yeah, me too. I get a little crouched up in a little ball and just go to sleep. <laughs> you know what? Here's what, here's what he actually said. Here's the amplifying information. The profession of the samurai involves being in an extreme environment. 
Therefore, gourmet food is of no benefit to them. There you go. Do you think that people that just eat really, really high-end food all the time, when they go back to eating normal food, is it is it like, are they suffering? <laughs> yeah, probably a little bit. Yeah, in one way. Depends how they regard it, you know? Because, yeah. you know, it's... Cause, but you know what's yeah. funny? When I was a kid, we like I eat a lot of steak now. Sure. When I was a kid, we didn't even eat steak. Yeah. Steak costs a lot of money. It does. Yeah. And and when I was a kid, we ate hamburgers. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> a <that>. lot. <laughs> a lot of hamburgers. Yeah, not as much. Yeah. I, I didn't even like steak when I got in the navy. I didn't like steak. Huh. Didn't like it. I had to. I didn't. I just wasn't used to it. Yeah. It took me a couple of years before I started liking steak. Yeah, usually you hit that one steak that's like prepared perfectly. And then in your mind, you're like, dang, I love steak now. And then even if you get another steak that wasn't prepared that perfectly, I don't you're even still remember. I don't pursuing remember what happened to me. Yeah. Don't Maybe remember. Maybe it's just like a. I remember eating burgers at Wendy's, though. <laughs> yeah. Check. All right, next. When entering a confrontation, samurai should neither look back on the path traveled nor what is off to left or right. So to me, that says prioritize and execute, right? And don't be looking around. You you see what you see what you gotta you see what you gotta do. You got a confrontation in front of you. Mm. Here's the amplification from the onset. You should place yourself place your full concentration on the battle and not allow your focus to lapse during the course of the battle. The most important aspects of the battle, uh, the most important aspects of battle are the use of people and the use of natural geography. Right. You're a leader. You got to use your people correctly. And as I just talked about terrain, using the natural geography, those Mm -hmm. are the two most important things. Now, can you get target fixation? Yes, you can. Mm. So you can get so focused that you're, if you don't pay attention to what's going on left and right, you might get flanked. Yeah. So you got to watch out for that one. Next samurai should mind neither the heat of summer nor the cold of winter as they race through fields and over mountains exhausting their bodies boom you got to train in heat and cold yeah that's welcome to the military you freeze and you sweat that's the way it works yeah it's funny tony fratty and and you kind of turned me on to just mentally it's more like putting your mind at a certain in a certain way where mm-hmm. sure it'll be cold but it's not about how cold or not cold it is sure it'll be hot it's not about how hot or not hot it is and you can't complain about that stuff and if you complain that's like that's the part that's going to jam you up just how you regard <laughs> you cannot, it you know you cannot complain in the teams Here, here's what's funny here's what's funny and I, I just you can experience this really easily let's say you and you and me are out at the beach and it's warm but out here in california once the sun goes down it cool off really quickly Mm -hmm. you don't have a sweatshirt with you neither do i yeah you've got a sweatshirt in your bag (laughs) maybe even i I have one too because actually this is a contradiction because if i don't bring one that means i'm not well prepared yeah so i got one in my bag right right i'm not gonna put it on (laughs) take it out you put it around your waist no i'm not even gonna do that i'm not even gonna do that leave it you would not yep. want to you just want to btf as long as you can <laughs> just yeah. suck it up i don't want i don't want you you to see me putting on a sweatshirt yeah. indicating to you that i was cold and yeah. uncomfortable now i'm gonna i'm gonna pamper myself not happening what if i wasn't there i'll put the sweatshirt on all day long 
yeah, this is just straight up pride. Yeah. Yep. No, there's, there's there's no denying that. Yeah, that's so funny because before I thought like that, I would have thought that's so dumb. Like, bro, put on your sweat. You're ruining your experience or whatever. You're at the beach with your whatever friends this or whatever. Is fresh this actually happened yesterday. With me. <laughs> bro, these, I was at a surf contest. Yeah. And like the, the clouds came in and it got cool. Yeah. And my buddy, he was all, he's like, hey, I'm going to go put a sweatshirt on. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> well, actually, then, then, then we both went and got our sweatshirts. But you let but, him do it first. Yeah, well, he wasn't in the teams, too. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't just trying to, because there's always that little thing going on in the teams. Uh, yeah, but I kind of feel like. And it goes be, on in general, too. Just, yeah. just you know. Yeah, fully. Like, like you get a rock in your shoe, just don't, don't get it out. <laughs> just don't get it out. You leave it in there. Yeah. Make but before jumping. that episode with Tony, like I would be the guy I'd be like, no, I'm cold. You know, I, I can't relate. But after that, for some reason, I think it just morphed in my mind too. like, <laughs> you just got BTF and you kind of take pride <laughs> in it, you know? Funny. Yeah. Yeah. Next. As samurai, you should take it upon yourself to spend time playing in water. Not doing so could well result in disaster. That's part one. Obviously, I agree with that one. Mm. You got to be in the water. Part two, samurai should, as a matter of course, engage in contests of strength. If you do not, then your muscles will become slack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously, I support that one. I don't know if this guy just wanted me to read this book because yeah. <laughs> he knew that I was going to be, I mean, how could you not, how does that not relate to everything that I talk about all the time? Yeah. Be in the water. Mm-hmm. Work out. Here's what's funny about this one, though. Uh, he says that the peasants strengthen themselves with their day-to-day labor. They also tested themselves by lifting and carrying large stones in front of the local shrines and did push-ups in order to build their muscles and thereby increase their overall strength. However, beginning in the Meiji era, such feats of strength became began to be ridiculed and the use of rocks dwindled. Thus, it is hardly a surprise that the youth of today are weak. <laughs> yeah, it could, and also it's kind of like that now, where like you know, let's say let's say quote unquote grown adults, right? Let's see who can lift that rock. You know, that's cool but, though, right? Why are you in, saying it in weird voice? No, because I would say generally speaking, that's kind of like all oh, you chat children. You know, like what are you guys doing? Oh, oh people you know? make fun of that. Yeah, if two grown know, adults man. are I having think, little think, feats of strength I think competitions, more, yes. What do you think the CrossFit games are, though? Yeah, but... What do you see, think this world's strongest man is? Yeah, see, I What do you I, think agree, the UFC agree. is? I totally agree, but I think if it's not, like, organized and then, like, presented, you know, kind of thing. Like, if me and you were just cruising at the beach and then I'm like, oh, it's funny. We did... Me and, me and Halleck went to Australia, mm-hmm. right? And we're like, oh, cruising some downtime. We're filming this... this um, you know this video and Brad just turned into that 100% it was just me and him so it went, we went from push ups he was like hey he's like do you hey, think what you about can do the more challenge push-ups? you did the challenge you did in in Maine yeah Those yeah, dudes yeah had perfect that example pound bag yes yeah, they're like go <laughs> lift it got to shoulder the bag yeah of gravel yeah. by the way so it's not like a, a 200 pound barbell it's right, a right. gravel thing yeah see and that's a perfect example but where, that makes you strong I think so too. Yeah, I agree with so it's it. Good. I agree with it. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, if let's say we're all at a like a par a barbecue, 
with mm-hmm. like to, just a vast variety of people. Like that's d- totally acceptable. You know, to the 200 pound bag challenge. Right. It's all just guys like, you know, yeah. but if we were at a barbecue, you know, let's say my daughter was a birthday party or something. Yeah. <laughs> but you had your kettlebells out, right? Yeah. If but you, uh, if you, you, if you I challenge you to, the, yeah. to a kettlebell, like, let's see who can do the night, whatever, the, the 90 pound one or something yeah. at my daughter's birthday party. I think, Aside from me, you, and maybe a handful of other guys that are our direct peers, yeah. aside from them, I think people would be like, you guys are dumb. Hmm. That's what I think. They might be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Next. If you allow your samurai spirit to wither, clearly your body will then follow suit. Your skin will begin to stretch as you gain weight. Part one. I think we all just agree with that agree, one. Yes, 100%. Out, outright. Yes. Do you think that this goes back to the comfort question? Let's take jujitsu. At a certain point, where where you say, "I don't really care if I get caught by this guy," or you know what, I'm that guy's training for worlds, and hey, if he catches me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're asking. So, so, yeah. so, so my point is. At a certain point, you 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 accept, yeah. you accept it. Yeah. Huh. Do you I, think that's okay? I, I do think it's okay. I don't. I know you don't. <laughs> and and, and it's hey, not an absolute yes or when no. When it knocks that's on the door, when the door is, you know, hey, hey it's okay. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm all the excuses, right? Yeah. Hey, you know these guys are young and they're training for the. The, 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 this competition or that competition. Yeah. You don't got to get in there with them. Yeah. When I hear that knocking, I slam the door. Yeah, yeah, red flag, huh? Yeah. Violation. Actually, I open the door and I choke that, that <sighs> person out. Bring it. Yeah, uh, I dig it and I'm not... You but know, you can see, but I see, I think that when you accept that... I feel, yeah. When you accept it. Yeah. And the other thing that happens is your ego gets in the way, right? Because, yeah. So because the, what happens is you, you don't want to get tapped out. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. So you don't want to get tapped out, so you're not going to train. Yeah, and and it right that happens. Yeah, fully. And oh, these are all happens. different things that all kind of enter, enter into the equation. So again, it it comes back to like why are you why are you training? Like why are you there in jujitsu or or whatever? Like yeah. why are you there? So yeah, if this thing what he's talking about, where it's like okay, if you're like letting yourself go, if you're kind of giving up, mm. and then justifying it with in this case, oh, I'm old. They're training for world, and and that's your your version of giving up then yeah that's bad but if it's like let's say you're like an older guy or whatever and maybe you kind of lost a step or whatever you know like like people do when they get older sometimes um and you're like hey you know this guy's getting nuts if i rise to that level of intensity i could get hurt or something like that mm-hmm. and it's like in in okay a decision, yeah. you, know, you know sometimes you can be smart yeah right yeah for so, instance if everyone's doing takedowns and your knees a little bit tweaked and yeah. you go, Hey, you know what? Exactly. Right. That's something I need to check myself on sometimes. Yeah, you do big time actually. <laughs> check. But All makes right. it, I, but that's a big one though. Uh, like when you, when you start like but what I'm talking accepting about, accepting. Yeah. Thing. Well, what it is is you, when you allow your samurai spirit to wither, that's yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. When you start saying, Hey, you know what? I'd rather, still just keep fighting even though you're getting beat because the young buck is coming up and yeah. training getting to train more than you and you got to work and yeah. hey you know what come tap me out then yeah yeah you still gotta like it. maintain the, the spirit yeah 
Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of times when people get married or they um, they stop training or whatever and they they blame it on the marriage or they blame it on their career yeah. or something like that. It's I, like, ah, you kind of lost it. Yeah, you know, what I, you know what I do when people say that? People say, I'll say, oh, you know, someone will talk to someone. Hey, well, you know, man, I used to train a lot. And I'll be like, oh. I mean, oh, what, what what happened? And they said, well, you know, I got I got two kids, and you know, I was just working a lot. And I was like, oh yeah, I got four kids. <laughs> in their Never defense, in, in their defense, everybody's different. Yeah, if, they, if they have two kids, you have four. They're not you, and their yeah. kids aren't your. So yeah, plus, that. plus my wife was good to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That respect. It does make it hard. It totally does. And. It's, it does make it harder with the kids and a career and stuff like that. I didn't say it was easy. Yeah, yeah agree. That's what I was going to say. It's like. Could be slightly invalid. It's invalid at the end uh, of the day because people, you either people. kept your warrior, your samurai spirit, or mm-hmm. you didn't. And if you didn't, then you allowed these things, which are true, by the way, by your, as far as what you're, not you, but obviously this person, this hypothetical person, if their career or family got in the way, you allowed that to happen. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. Totally not easy. It's up to you, though, at the end of the day, I think. Samurai are never without a sword on their hip. This means, of course, that an unarmed enemy will arm himself. So you got to always expect, in my mind, always expect that your opponent is going to be armed. Business, life, whatever you're doing, always you can always expect that your opponent is ready. I always expect them to be ready. Next, as a samurai, you should take care as to where your feet step as a matter of course. You never want to be off balance in case the unexpected occurs. Well, that's pretty self-explanatory. The amplifying information says samurai have to keep themselves prepared at all times to respond. They have to be able to react calmly in a situation without any panic. Boom. Again, does that apply to everything? Yes, it does. No doubt about it. Samurai who are not aware of the things they should know are like cats that do not know how to catch mice. Not aware of things they should know. Hmm. Yeah. Samurai should be continuously thinking about military manners. Matters. Fail to do this at your peril. <laughs> Those that serve in the military should be in a continuous state of thinking of warfare. To be negligent in this will result in failure and defeat. You know, I told this, I tell this to the young military people that I work with Mm -hmm. that this is your job, this is your profession, and you got to do everything you can to master it. And that means. What is being said right here continuously thinking about military matters matters Any samurai who spends too much time playing ball Koto guitar plucking the mouth harp or playing the flute are liable to become a coward (laughs) (laughs) And here it says those in the military should never become overly infatuated infatuated with diversionary games gotcha, okay now at some point I'd like to get better at guitar, but apparently you know, yeah, man, you gotta rethink that whole coward. <laughs> Next, while a samurai may be clumsy about some things, the spear, the horse, and the bow should not be among them. I like that. Mm-hmm. 
This one is key. Samurai should make a habit of regularly listening to tales of military combat and rely on the learning found therein. Yeah. This is a blatant <laughs> plug yeah. for Jocko Podcast. Yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> and here's the amplifying information. By listening to such tales regularly, it will keep them fresh in your mind. When actual combat arises, they will be of benefit. Boom. <clears throat> Boom. And I've definitely got that feedback. I've gotten all kinds of good feedback f- about that from guys in the military. Yeah. That they can relate because I'm telling you the stories that we tell over and over again They're stories that happen. They're real things. There's yeah. fire and maneuver. There's people acting weird There's the enemy doing things. These things are real Yeah, and it's definitely helpful the more you I wish I would have known more when I was in I would have been infinitely better Yeah, yeah. We have enough of a focus on it though yeah, kind of goes for everything too. Yeah, like because it kind of keeps your whole um, like approach to life in that that battle frame, you know. Yeah. So, you, so everything, you know, how well, I, it, it gives you different perspectives. And I, t- I talk about this all the time. If if you learn the armbar right yeah. from the mount, yes, you learn yeah. it one way, mm-hmm. but you don't realize, man. There's there's infinitely different ways to do it. You can yes. get it from the guard. You can get it from the bottom position you can get it from a cross side you can get yeah. all the you can get the arm lock from all these different positions yeah and every time you see it from a different angle you get better at all of them yeah so every time you see a military situation from a different angle from a leadership perspective from the ground troop perspective from the cold from the hot from the desert from the mountains yeah you learn something yeah. it makes you better at it yeah so so looking at things through that frame, you know whatever it may be whether it be military history whatever you're always kind of looking at things in that way yeah you can figure like this yes. I, we had this guy we called him uncle jill he was my friend of the family in hawaii in hawaii yeah and his he was a really good artist but he used to climb trees and take us just tree climbing i know <laughs> random hippie thing actually me talking about it right now but it was super good fun but this guy he'd always be like hey, I think well there's I there's an instinct of, there's an instinct of of climbing right i think yeah. humans have an instinct to climb things yeah it right? makes sense i don't know it seems like it, yeah okay and air it would be weird because he'd pull out that climbing thing he'd be like i bet i could climb up there you know mm-hmm. that, that it's kind of like dang if you kind of have these like looking at things through frames that are that are useful you know like i think oh, like yeah. but it's like man you can figure a lot of things out that you a lot of people wouldn't figure out yeah you know like i know vid- videos like that for sure I'd be like dang that's like a good shot how that you know no one's no one cares it's just a beach or whatever but i was a young enlisted guy and i had a friend that would sure. would uh he would kind of like your friend like like to climb things this guy would jump off things uncle joe uncle joe would climb things this guy would jump yeah, off yeah, things yeah, yes yes and we were on this obstacle course this random obstacle course and he climbed, he also liked to climb, but then he got to the top of this thing. Mm-hmm. It was probably, let's call it 18 feet. Sure. And I'm, I'm, I slid down the rope, and the other guy slid down the rope, and the chief that we were with slid down the rope. Sure. And I look up, and he go, and he's got, kind of got like an, a puzzled look on his face. The what, guy? At you guys? The jumper. The jumper's got like a, 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 a curious look on his yeah, face. Yeah, inquisitive. Yeah, and he says... Mm-hmm. I think I could jump down this. 18 feet. And I go, do it. (laughs) And the chief goes, don't do it. it. And he said, I think I could make it. And and I said, do it. And the chief says, don't do it. Mm. And I go, 10 bucks. (laughs) 
The chief goes, shut up, Jocko. Don't do it. And I go, 20 bucks. And he goes, shut up. And right as he's saying that, the jumper jumped. He did it. And he made it. Jumped like 18 feet down, just landed PLF. PLF. Yeah, it? parachute landing fall. Oh, it's like a way, you break yeah, your fall and fall down fall. and roll kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's almost like a judo fall, but with your... Yeah, kind of yeah, like, like it disperses yeah, like the way. Yeah, yeah it's, he did it. It's good, man. Eight, I yeah, got in trouble. <laughs> good in a good-hearted way. Uh-huh. You know? No, man. He could have gotten hurt. That would have been your fault. Yeah, all that kind of thing. It would have been. Yeah, I know. I know. You knew his jumping yeah. weakness. Yeah, his addiction to jumping, yeah. and you exploited it. Next, samurai should keep in their hearts the fact that they only die once. Forgetting this will result in failure. Samurai who forget this is the this is so this this one's a little bit tricky for me to understand. Samurai should keep in their hearts the fact that they only die once. Forgetting this will result in failure. And the amplification on this one says samurai who forget that they can die at any time and in any place could end up in humiliating failure. In other words, throwing your body into the river and relying on fate to determine if you float to the shallows. If you love your life too much, you will always end in failure. So this is what I found interesting about this one. There's a dichotomy here. Mm. The dichotomy to me is if if you care too much about being alive, then you won't take any risk right. and you'll be too scared and you'll that's going to be bad. Yeah. So that that's that we know that that one's bad. So we know we get that one. If you love your life too much, you it will always end in failure. Maybe not always, but it's going to definitely play a role. You'll be too cautious. You won't take any risk. You'll be scared. That one's going to be. You'll hesitate. Yeah. So we get that one. Um. The keeping your hearts that you'll only die once. Okay. So that means to me. Okay. So you can die at any time. I'm gonna make it worth it yeah. in my mind. Make it dope. Yeah. Make it dope, okay? And then this whole thing about, okay, let me read it word for word. Throwing your body into the river and relying on fate to determine if you float to the shallows. I don't know, to me, that could be taken two ways. And I think they're both okay. Number one is, is like, hey, don't just throw, just, just jump, don't just jump into the river and, see, and let fate decide if you're gonna make it or not. No, you prepare and you train and you're ready. The other way it could be taken is, you know what? You can't control everything. You got to go. Jump into the river. And if if, if you're meant to make it, you're going to make it. Either one of those can possibly set your mind at ease. And what I, you know, you've heard me talk about fear. It's in way of the warrior kid, right? Yeah. Way of the warrior kid. What happens? You you prepare everything you can, but then eventually you got to jump and see if the water, if the current takes you to the shallow water again. That's the way it's got to be. Yeah. So that's the way I took that one. Yeah. I read a lot into that one. I think the first one, just because the other one would, would add kind of additional ex, like requirement, required mm-hmm. explanation. Like, so you're saying you, you agree with preparing? I, no, I think, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, I agree with preparing. I think the, the of the two that you just said, the first one I think makes more sense to me that that's what he meant. So you're, you're thinking that he meant to prepare the best of your ability. Yeah, okay. exactly right. Like he, like, it's kind of like you only have one life and if you're going to die, Make it legit. Don't be dying trying to cross the river. You better die doing something okay. big time, you know, kind of thing. There's one more little addition that I believe that Eric actually added on here. Yeah, mm. this is his note. It says, the line about throwing your body into the river and relying on fate to determine if you float in the shallows is very famous. 
It's not that famous because I Googled it and I couldn't find it. <laughs> now he says, enter battle fully, fully committed and perhaps you will emerge alive at the end. Mm. I think that makes some sense. Mm-hmm. It's, for me, prepare the best of your ability. Yeah. Be fully committed and then don't worry about what the end's going to come because you can't control everything. Yeah. I think we're good. I think I'll agree. Now this one, I had to, I had to dig on this one a little bit too. Samurai study a great many things. However, the single focus of their learning is death. And then the, the amplifying information here is while samurai do intensive training and study a variety of topics, what it all boils down to is seeking death. So that, that kind of, that one, I, I tried to figure out what that meant, or at least what it means to me. And I think to, to the most positive way I could, because seeking death, right? Are you really seeking death? Is that what you're trying to do? Well, no, if you're, you're not helping the cause if you're seeking death, mm-hmm. right? You don't want to die. Yeah. That's not our goal. It's an occurrence that could happen. As a matter of fact, it's gonna happen to all of us, but the way I look at it is what we're trying to learn, we're trying to understand and master is death and the fear of death. Mm. If we can get over that little hump, <laughs> little, hurdle, yeah. little hurdle, right? Then you've mastered that. And once you're actually saying, oh, I'm going forward, yeah. I'm prepared, then yeah. we're good. Or it could be also just like just you know as far as seeking challenges go you want to seek one challenge then you want to seek a bigger challenge yeah but he says seeking learn. death bro yeah no, about challenges. that's what i mean though so you're pursuing the ultimate challenge that beats you oh, kind of yeah, like yeah, um, yeah, true, you ever true. watch point break come on bro yes point yes. break. there you go where you know bodie he's looking for the the 50-year storm yeah. remember same thing so he's like i'm gonna be there and all this stuff he's always trying to push the limit all these things mm-hmm. bank robbery skydiving all this stuff and you know, finds the the fifty year storm knows it hundred percent knows it. In fact, that was kind of like his escape from the law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Catch one of those waves, dies. Everyone knew it. Did he really die, or was there a sequel where he lived? He died. It was all kind of. I guess now that you mention it, there's room it, for a sequel. There's room for a sequel, exactly. Right? But it was. But implied, they didn't make a implied, sequel. They implied, remade yeah. the same movie. Yeah. Do you see that one? No. Not bad. I, I, I see what they're doing there. Um, you know, a little bit too like you could tell they were trying to target maybe some teenagers or something like uh, that. But um, not bad. Sat through it. Glad I, it wasn't a waste of time. Mm, yeah, it was something. All right. This one again had to had to dig a little deeper on this one. If you were to ask. What con- what is it that concerns a samurai? The answer is I want to live. I want to live. Okay. So to break that down a little bit, I, I looked at the word concerns. Mm-hmm. And what concerns means is worries or troubles. It's not I don't think they're using the more like, oh that, that concerns me. Yeah. Like like it's not saying, hey, what 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 concerns me? Or what I'm thinking about. It's yeah. what I'm worried about. What I'm worried about is someone that's saying, I want to live. I want to live. Yeah. That's what they're worried about. Gotcha. Because someone that's saying, I want to live. And I think you can apply this to a lot of stuff. Let's take negotiation, right? Yeah. You get in negotiation with somebody. Yeah. If you're saying, I want to win this deal. I want to yeah. win this deal. I want. You're at a position of weakness. Yeah, yeah. 
So even in business, you can't have the position of I want to live, I want to live, I want to, I want to score this deal, yeah. I want to, I want to make, I want to get this deal done. Like no, you yeah. if you're actually negotiating, you need to be able to walk away from the deal and say no, we're done, I'm out. Strangely, they say the same thing about picking up girls. Same thing. Yes. If you're all, I hope I get this girl. I hope I get this girl. That girl doesn't want to be with a guy yeah, that's desperate. Desperate dude. Yeah. The amplification here says. In answer to the question, what do samurai worry about? The answer is having the desire to extend their own life is something worth regretting. Samurai who value their own lives are not worth a farthing. Yeah, so we've got... That's... I think you need to be able to set aside that... Well, I think it applies to everything. I think so too. <laughs> it applies actually. to everything. Yeah. If you're so concerned, like, like in jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu, if you're 100%. totally concerned about winning and, and not tapping out, yeah. you're not going to learn. Yeah. And and even worse, you're not going to compete. You're not even going to roll you're with You're not going to do well. Yeah. And you're so apprehensive and yeah. It, yeah. It applies to a lot for sure. Here's a good one. It is important to understand that should the mirror in a samurai's heart be unclouded, then the opponent will be clearly reflected in it. Good one. Mm -hmm. Amplification. Any samurai whose will is firm can be described as having a mind that is unclouded. So if your will is firm, think about that. If your will is firm, you can be described as having a mind that is unclouded. In such a state, the strength or weakness of the opponent will be perfectly reflected. Next, samurai cast off thoughts of both life and death. Their mind is set on moving forward. Amplification, samurai do not dwell even for a moment on whether they live or die. Fulfilling their mission requires samurai to advance. It is what they do best, what they were made for. Yeah, that is, I think that that one breaks down to being able to clear your mind on what happened the last go round, Mm -hmm. right? Not worried about the future, not worried about the, like when you're doing something, Mm -hmm. like if you're competing, you make a mistake, you have to put that out of your brain completely. Yeah. And you need to, okay, the mistake happened. Or you did something great, you can't jump up and down and be all happy about that. You need yeah. to just clear your mind and yeah. keep the mind empty. Yeah. You can't get freaked out about the next shot or the last shot. Yeah. We learn that in shooting. Like, this is something you see all the time when we're shooting. We do a little, basically, when you're shooting in the teams, everything is a competition. Sure. And you'd see a guy, you're shooting head plates, and they'd have six head plates in a row, which is a steel plate about the size of a head. Mm-hmm. And you got to shoot him. And, and when you shoot it, you instantly know if you hit or miss because it goes ping, 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 ping. Mm-hmm. And if you see a guy that can't put the last one out of their head, you hear, <laughs> you know, it's ping, 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 ping. Mag change. <laughs> it's 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 bad. Yeah, but yeah. a guy that's really good, yeah. he'll miss and just he'll just miss and he he doesn't even think about it. Yeah. You hear you hear ping, 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 ping. You just 
Yeah. No, no factor. Yeah. It's, it is the proverbial choking, you know, like yes. you know, when you choke at the end, like why is this guy choking at the yes. end when he was killing it before? And you can train your mind to do that. Yeah. And you can train your mind yep. to do that. So where you're just, and actually when I'd be shooting a lot, I could get to that point. And then if I'm not shooting a bunch, I would lose that. And all yeah. of a sudden I'd be like, ping, yeah. get frustrated. Yeah. If you're shooting regularly, you get that, you get past that. And you, the older you get and the more you do it, the more you can just say, nope, don't care. You know what a phrase would 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 always work with me when someone, like if you had a coach or something where, you know, in football you'd have this where like you, you'd be winning the whole game, mm-hmm. you know, and in the fourth quarter, Uh-oh. it's like, oh my God, we just, let's run out the clock or out of, you have that feeling and guys would choke a lot of time. And that's not to mention the other team is thinking the exact opposite. We got nothing to lose. We're going to hit them. We're going to take risks. We're going to do all the, you know, so that's why guys can win or teams can win at the last minute, even though they've been getting their ass kicked the whole day, the yeah. whole game. Um, fights kind of like that too, but no, I don't yeah, know. Fighters sure. seem to have like more of a will. I don't know for some reason, but either way, either way, I don't know. Um, but the, the phrase that would always help me is if someone would just put in my ear and say, finish strong. Just say, finish strong, finish strong. Be like, yeah, it's almost like, or they'll say, punch it through or something, you know, mm-hmm. something like that that indicates don't let up at the end yeah. mentally, you know, just go, just keep pushing the way you've. But that is a little bit different than getting distracted by what just happened. Yeah, but because they say, <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit different, but in, in its Like, essence, what's your critical think, role when you played football? What was it you were trying to do each play? Were you, weren't you a receiver? Yeah. Okay, so let's say you missed a catch that you should have caught. Mm-hmm. You had to be able to put that out of your head. Right. So it, it, it's just a mental state where it's like finish strong. It's finish mm. strong in your mind, you know? So, yeah, don't worry about your in jiu-jitsu. I'd get this all the time, man. When, when I'd win a match and then I'd win another one, mm-hmm. you know, you, you got to win mm-hmm. like matches till the final. After two matches, I just start feeling this pressure. Like it's almost like oh my my two match win streak is about to come to an end. It's all like the pressure, and then you win one more, and then the pressure is even on more. It's weird. It's like oh I wish I didn't. I wish I was done. It's weird. Oh, hmm. but if someone would say something along the lines of finish strong, it would just cure the whole thing. Because you're thinking about all these. What past, would mentally throw you off? The, I don't know the pressure. Would I some, guess. could somebody say something to you that would make you freak out even more? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like what? Uh, would it in, freak you in, out more if someone said, "Oh, you got this"? Or if someone says, hey, at least you made it this far, would you then back off? Because it's hard it, when you're dealing with kids. It, it would, it would, you know, like I, me. like I got kids sure. and you got kids too. Yeah. But, you know, when you got kids that are doing something competitive, yeah. like jujitsu or wrestling, and mm-hmm. let's say they're winning, yeah. and, and you could tell them, hey, you've done good so far, go out there and have fun, which is cool. Yeah. Or you could say, hey, you need to focus more now, but because these people are going to be getting tougher. Yeah. Both of those to me would throw me off. Because when you say, just relax, you've made it this far, that tells them that it's okay to not to be to check out, you know? Yeah. So it depends on what their state of mind is to go into that, that comment or to yeah. go into the situation where you say, most of the time, I feel like I want to tell people, either people I'm coaching, well, no, I, I shouldn't say that. When I, I want to tell my kids, relax, go out there, have fun. Go out there and have a good time yeah. because I think that is easier on their brains. And and to what your point was earlier, when people let loose mm-hmm. and they they don't feel the pressure, they tend to perform better. Better, yeah, yeah, I agree with that fully. But if it's like 
if that's like kind of the underlying attitude, like relax, have fun, regardless of what match, first match, last finals match, whatever, then yes, I think so. But if it's like, come on, you, you got this, you can do this, you can do this. And then right when it gets to the final, then you say, okay, yeah, yeah that's you what made I mean. this far. So it's like, oh, you're relax. saying that's bad. I think it can be bad. Depends oh. on how they take it. But if they take it like, I, I, I didn't would say relax. It. Yeah. I said, go out there and have I go, go out there and do what you do. I say that a lot. Okay, so if you I say, say you made lot. it this like, far. Like MMA fights, I'd be like, hey, do what you do. That's good to say. Yeah. If someone told me that, go do what you do, that would really be Just empowering. Go, go do what you do. Yeah, that's good stuff to say to me. The, but anything to put pressure on me, like, if you do this, you win. Like, you know, like yeah, one more match and that's like it. That. No, don't But I'll tell you what's interesting. Like with coaching MMA, if you would get a guy in a in, get it into a guy's head, do not get taken down, mm-hmm. and they'd go in there with that. You you'd be really hard to take that person down. Yeah, and when and you'd say, hey, as soon if you get taken down, as soon before you even get on the ground, you're getting back up. Yeah. You get that people with that mindset yeah. going, and yeah. it'd be really hard for someone to take them down and hold them up because they'd sense. be panicking. Yeah, they'd be basically panicking. Get you know. Yeah. So. Interesting. Here's a good one, and this is actually the last one. Fittingly, hmm. not engaging in any form of study will cause your mind to wander. This re- will result in your spirit becoming unfocused. And the amplification there is nothing wrong with daydreaming, but if you study, your spirit will become focused on and shaped to deal with a certain thing. That shape will then become lost in turn. There is a song that goes, the drifting and becoming lost is what the mind does. It becomes your spirit, the mind of your spirit. Do not allow your mind to do this. And yeah, I think that that's that's something that we actually talk about all the time. In fact, that may be the very purpose of me doing everything that we do, which is, you know, studying and learning. And to go back to the question that that Eric, the translator, posed to me, can any of the rules in this book apply to modern warfare? As I said, not only do they apply to modern warfare, they apply to life. And the thing is, there's nothing really new here. Right, just like an arm lock. There's nothing really new here. But that doesn't mean that there's nothing really new here. There's always something new. We sure we've heard these lessons before, right? We've heard them from Dick Winters, we've heard them from Bob Hoffman, we've heard them from General Patton and Hackworth, and we heard them from Woodenleg. And I said this on the first podcast that we did. The first podcast that we did, I said, you know what to do. You know to be balanced. And you know to work out. And you know not to be gluttonous with food. And you know you shouldn't sleep late. And you know you should keep things clean and organized. And you know that your struggles now will be rewarded in the future. So you must endure. Endure, endure the hardship, endure the suffering, endure the pain of discipline. 
Endure the pain of discipline so that in the future you can have the reward. And we know what that reward is. The reward for discipline is freedom. And I think that is all I've got for tonight. So, Echo, speaking of rewards and freedom and trying to get better, do you have any suggestions on maybe some ways to get better for people? And ways that might also at the same time simultaneously support this podcast if people want to do something like that. If they want to. Also, I think it is important and beneficial to add that, you know, when you endure the suffering, mm-hmm. pain, that's metaphors for the most part. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's real pain oh, yeah. and suffering. Real, real. <laughs> yeah, real. But you do that enough and you get used to it mm-hmm. and to the point where you kind of like require it in a way. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of want it. Like, you know how I used to go on like, um, you know, like a strict diet. Mm-hmm. And I'd be hungry a lot. But at the same time, the diet would be really effective with a good workout program. And then, so when I go off the program, you kind of, you know, you feel kind of almost like, for lack of a better term, t- like toxic. Like, yeah, oh, I'm just a yeah. sack of, you know. Yeah. Totally. And you almost, I kind of miss that hunger and the, you know, the, because you kind of associate the hunger that you always have with like being in good shape and, and being ah, able to perform. Point. It kind of like, that's an example of like how it can be, you yeah. know? You know, how like, yeah, no, if that's it. If you're eating a lot, I don't know, it's weird. You don't even have to amplify that. You just get that. used to it. Yeah. Like when you're on the program. Yeah, it kind of feels good that you're on good. the program. You're suffering for sure. There's some yeah. quote unquote suffering there, yeah. but it feels good. And especially when you do. You, get you know what's funny? It. When you think about the opposite of that, which is when you're off the program. Yes. And you feel like crap. Yeah. And, 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 you, and yet, what do you do? To make yourself feel better, what do you do? Instead of going on the program. Yeah. Instead, you go to the you go to the sleeve Oreos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's not right. the answer. Yeah, because that's like that's the, the, the that's pleasure. That's the wrong answer. Yeah, that's it's, the that's the instant gratification. Yeah, right. It's weird. That's how the that works. opposite of struggling now. Yeah, you're you, you you're you're not enduring now. You're not facing the pain of discipline now. You're looking for a short term reward. So that's why that's why I said I said it in the book. I said it in the book the field manual. Right, yeah. like when you're on the path. It's it's easier to stay on the path, and when you fall off the path, man, yeah, people people just get they go the downward spiral. Yeah, it's like you fall for the trick, and this I mentioned this as a trick. Your mind's yeah. trick. Yeah, so you, like you like that. Thing. You're getting it is man. It's fucking mind games. You know when you uh, uh you fall off the path, you say when you feel mm-hmm. like crap because you're off the program. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're off the program, aside from just your physical physicality, you feel like crap. So you got to alleviate that feeling. So you go to something that's going to give you pleasure, but ooh, guess lies. what? Wrong pleasure. Yeah. You went short term when you needed long term. Yeah. You know, so that's what you do. That is a good a good thing. I do that when let's say I don't feel. I've been traveling, been eating crap. The way to get back on, the way to feel good again is just to hit yourself. I mean, get yeah. some. It's true. Get some. Do a good. Have a good couple base, like uh, you know, in the in the field manual, I've got these various workouts Mm -hmm. and there's some of those in there that are just core not core as in abs because we call it gut but but (laughs) core programs that are fundamental 
and I kind of know where I'm at on them. And even if I'm not going to go in there and do a record performance, mm-hmm. it'll put me back on track. It'll 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 clean my system yeah. mentally and physically. Yeah, and that's good. Bro, I used to do this thing where, um, like you know, if you're you have a girlfriend. You get in a fight or something like that, or they break up with you, or whatever, whatever. Mm. You know, something that makes you in a bad mood for whatever reason. I used to go to the gym and do uh, either like shoulders or chest workout, something <laughs> that would give like a really, really hard, painful pump. Mm. You know, that kind of like, I don't know, 12, 15 reps, like a minute in between, do like eight sets of those. Like just massively pumped. For some reason, I just feel way better. That's the same thing. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah the way, if you can give yourself, for me, you got your you got some workouts that are just fundamental. I don't know what I don't, there's there's probably a name for like medicine. The, yeah, medicine. Yeah. yeah, medicine. Some medicine workouts. Yeah. You gotta have some of those medicine workouts that just put you back on the yeah. back on the path. Oh yeah. And then you know what? Do a fast. Do twenty four hours. That's bold right there. Yeah. Do twenty four hours. You feel yeah. you feel good, I'm telling you. Yeah. You feel good. Yeah, I'll do like fifteen now. Actually pretty often too, and you're right. Strangely, you're right. Good. Yeah. I just read another article. Some big, big. <laughs> uh, no, articles. I read two articles because people people tweet them to me. Yeah. One of them was about intermittent fasting. Well, guess what? It's good for you. Yeah. And then the other one was about this whole depletion of will mm-hmm. is all not true. Yeah. Well, the, I the think big lie. What, I was right. Well, the what, scientists were wrong. What they were saying, I think, with what you're saying, I think there, there's like a no, no, slight. No, 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 no. no. So Listen. you're saying it's straight up wrong what they're saying. No, no, no. There's. I just read an article today that is wrong. Yeah. That this idea of the depletion of you know if you if you have to resist this chocolate chip cookie. Mm. Then, then in twenty minutes you won't be able to resist the cake because you just can't resist that yeah, much. Yeah, it's a lie. It's then they're, they're proving now that it's not true. Yeah, not true. Yeah, I feel like that's a psychological state, so it might vary from individual. But what to I'm individual. saying is, if you if you're on the program, yeah, and you had some medicine in the morning, yep. <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. it's easier to hold the line. The more yeah. you hold the line, the easier it is to hold the line. That's yeah. the truth. Yeah, that's the truth. You know, get some. Get some. Speaking of holding the, holding the line and the truth, by the way, Jocko has some supplements. Jocko supplements. Krill oil, the main one, and joint warfare. So joint warfare, glucosamine, and chondroitin. And curcumin, which is the other. There's. It's not just glucosamine and chondroitin. Yeah, there's cur- curcumin. In yes. It. What is that? It's more goodness for the joints. <laughs> Some stuff to wage warfare against joint inflammation, pain, degeneration. Yes. Yeah. So, and that's a big deal because, again, I'm going to say, I said it before, but I think this is critical. I mean, you know, I'm sure there's like supplements that'll help you build your muscles if you're into building muscles. I'm sure there is. But really, if you can maintain your joints, especially if you're. Jiu-jitsu, pushing weights, any kind of like, so I have like any elbow. kind of dynamic movement. Yeah, you know, because yeah. your joints take those that oh, that yeah. brunt and they degenerate over time. Oh, they do. Is that what's happening to you? Because uh, I'm over here not degenerating. <laughs> I'm on joint warfare. You're straight up generating, huh? Yeah, no, no, no. I dig it, and 
the this is one of the, the krill oil thing um i'm not embarrassed because it's kind of a funny story at my expense mm-hmm. in a little bit it's not funny funny but it, it is that i was like Rrr, krill oil Rrr, to, to my father-in-law yeah, now and you I, know the truth yeah i'm like over here pushing krill oil like in life i mean yeah. you know um brian his name is brian remember we went to the uh retreat in maine mm-hmm. or brian the black belt that came yes from new hampshire yes. guys um so I, I kind of keep contact with him. He's like, he's like, hey, do you have any like, what's the cool supplements or whatever? I was like, bro, you know. And I sent him some, some mm-hmm. of mine. And he was, I didn't get the report back. That was like the other day, but nonetheless, in life, I'm straight up pushing it. Yeah. Like, I tell Greg about it all the time. I don't think, I don't think he has. Maybe I gave him some. I don't know. But it's like you know, like, and you get benefits for something, yeah. and then you're like pushing it on other people. Some people do it with, um, begrudgingly. <laughs> begrudgingly, sure. Just various things, you know, books, music. Why do we do that with music? Like, if you don't do like what? my music, you know, like, I'll be like, hey, listen to this song. It's the best song. And then, like, you don't like it, and I'm actually mad at you. Or you're mad at me because you don't like it. Why is yeah, that? Yeah, because I just don't like your music. <laughs> yeah, I know, bro, but I think we kind of equate it to our identity in a, in a way. Yeah, That's kind of what I do with Krill Oil. It's part of my identity now. It's part of my joints identity, I can tell you that. And joint warfare good ones also oh wait i didn't tell you where you can get this joint warfare and super krill originmain.com click on the top to the labs actually it's on the front page too mm-hmm. it's on jocko's store too by the way jockostore.com but yeah that's where you can get it if you want it if you want it a lot of people have been asking for subscription like a recurring yeah so you just yeah. can get it every month that's what it you should know. be i know yeah. i know because we'll, we'll get it set up yeah Cause because you get it, to the last three pills, I know. And, or even six, you take the three. Like, dang, I only have three left. Yeah. I gotta take this tomorrow. Yeah. After tomorrow, you know, two day shipping. Unless you got an overnight shipping situation. Yeah. yeah. There's just you, you don't want to do that to yourself. <laughs> no, you don't. You actually, for real, don't. So we'll actually. get that going on. Yes, good idea. Thank you, Jocko and Pete. Also, there's some good geese on there. Jocko is a gee. Jocko is a rash guard. We'll start with that. Mm. American hands. I've worn it many times. Can I talk about 19% improvement in performance? I got tapped out by Andy, so so far, no. <laughs> got tapped out by you, too, so maybe. But Drew's that, still but out that's on that. not any different than normal, Right, is it? yeah. So, oh, but so but did I, did could, could I could I resist 19? I'm just saying the uh, jury's still out. I can't confirm, really. Yeah. But, but <laughs> if you remember... Because you remember uh, I was wearing one of our rash guards. Mm-hmm. Small that, action, big reaction. Yeah, and uh, I kind of got, got after it a little right. bit. Right, and, <laughs> and <laughs> so really in theory, your 19 plus and my 19 plus kind of canceled itself out. Okay. Really? But I felt like maybe if you got 19, I felt like that day I had like 26%. Oh, dang, 26. Yeah. yeah. You were bringing it like you had 26 because you, you typically don't wear that, right? You don't you, really you, wear rash guards you, you that much. You weren't happy on the final guillotine. No. I think it was the, a cobra. You, you literally said, I saw that coming. Yeah. And that was one of those comments that was meant to kind of deflate my victory. <laughs> you know, like you saw it coming and it was so obvious and it was just like, you. I just got lucky and blah, okay. blah, blah. And I just, I just said, oh, yeah, definitely. I and was the, really telegraphed that one. I didn't say you got. I lucky. can't believe how pathetic it was. Yeah, this. You want me to give you a, a breakdown of of your guillotine? Your guillotine, cobra, 
which I think is even more so than the guillotine. Like you have such a good way to like get it. You're one of those guys that like you're probably walking like right now. You're thinking about guillotine right now. Yes, that's what I think. That's I what it feels like. a lot. So it's like when you go for it, it just lands perfectly. It's not the kind where you know how um, not many you know, adjustments are getting made. Not, no, yep, no adjustments. So it's gotten to the point over literally like what a de- like almost a decade of training with you mm-hmm. and that thing getting sunk in that efficiently on my own neck. It almost wants it there. <laughs> what's funny you're not that far from the truth it's like my body like knows like hey we've been here before that's what my brain is almost like i can feel my brain as a separate entity telling my body sometimes if i get you in a guillotine and you go crazy trying to defend it and then like and you'll get out and the next one i'll be like yeah he's going down yeah (laughs) it's like man i don't want that beef again because what 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 i what i had to do to get out of that first one is like bro i can't do another one of those yeah it's not worth it that's exactly what it is and i think that's how my whole body reacts when i feel it gets sunk in Mm. it's kind of like oh man this again Mm. we've been down this road same outcome you know my body's used to that outcome so it just kind of accommodates it that's what it feels like yeah and i think that's part of what i meant by it's like i I saw that coming i think your body is okay with me getting i think so too (laughs) i don't like the fact that it's like that by the way check at least uh, yeah i think i think talking about it might help or it might straight up not yeah rash guards geese made in america which is awesome so that's awesome yeah everyone should know that and they make them like make them yes yes they don't like ship in some stuff and then hey guys okay are we starting to make yet even though it's been you know yeah they make them make them from the thread and the gi the gi's good the gi's good i think the video's coming out yeah it's out the origin it's out main video megan i got megan confused with uh with amanda by the way whole long story i won't go into it right now nonetheless videos out megan made the video it's a good one actually you kind of made the video too you're in that one I'm just saying that I didn't make anything. nonetheless uh jocko's gi is out other gis on origin all good i got two other ones so three origin gis all together me it's the only gis i'll ever wear i think <laughs> Unless someone else can make the own, their own material in America and, you know, provide the same everything, then, hey, maybe, maybe not. But just saying as of right now, that's how it is. Also, kettlebells. Right, I'm going to keep you updated on my kettlebell situation. I'm addicted to them. I'm addicted to them. Collecting and doing them. So I got one more. I got the Cyclops from Onnit. Mm-hmm. The designer one, no, no, uh, what do you call it? The regulation, regular ones, mm-hmm. none of those. Anyway, Cyclops, I think he's 40 something pounds. I only got one, I'm getting after it with that one too. Anyway, the good thing about these is they are balanced because a lot of times, and from what I hear, I don't know, but from what I hear, like a lot of the designer ones, they're not balanced. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Anyway, these are balanced, and that's the, one, the ones I use. and I'm addicted to the workout. Start slow with these when you do it, though. Are you still doing a lot of kettlebells? Yeah, I do a decent amount of kettlebells. Yeah. I was doing some Turkish get-ups the other day. Yeah, bro, I didn't get that. I thought I was going to get really into Turkish get-ups. 
but I did it a few times and just it didn't it didn't stick. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know how st- stuff yeah. just sticks, yeah, even though sure. it was cool. I eat, oh, you know what it was? I did it with the thirty-five pound one, then I did it with a fifty-four pound one, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Dang, this is, this is a good exercise, hard." And then I went online to look up exercises, and then there's ones with guys doing it with one hundred eighty-five pounds, like yeah. doing it, and may, maybe I just got discouraged. Mm. I got encouraged when I see that. Oh yeah, yeah, huh? You take it as like a challenge. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, maybe my whole outlook is different. Anyway, when you do these kettlebells, if you want the cool ones, to me, kettlebells are, are dope. But if you want them extra dope, you go to onit.com slash Jocko. Get your kettlebells there. Just look at them. They got light ones, heavy ones. I say start light, but hey, whatever you, your level is, you know, get them. Also, when you get your copy of what is the 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 translated the hundred rules of war yes when you by get Boku this book, Den. yeah which i'm pronouncing wrong sorry yeah see and translated that's really eric and okay so i put these books all these books if you didn't know already i'm gonna say it again i put all the books on our website jockopodcast.com and this is for this very reason mm-hmm. jocko doesn't know how to pronounce some of this stuff no especially the japanese stuff you know he comes to me for help i help <laughs> It's not a smooth process is what I'm saying. So I tried to smooth it out a little bit. Jockopodcast.com on the top says books from the episodes. Click on there. Look, this is episode what? 101. Mm-hmm. Boom. From episode 101, the 100 rules of war. Boom. Even you though get, there's only 97 of them. And if you want to get some other book, you can still click through Yeah. You and can, support the podcast. Yeah. Even if you buy a book that is completely off of what we would normally talk about. Yeah, like for, like, what? I don't know. Something that's not about war. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah. If you go to buy that book, yeah, you can just click It through. still supports the podcast. It doesn't have to be the but. But when you buy it, yeah, just click through and the website. And if you're not there. buying a book, even if you're buying duct golf tape. clubs. Golf clubs, <laughs> duct tape, lawnmower, grocery bag holders. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't recommend that stuff. If you carry grocery bags, you carry them with your hands. Both hands. All of them too, by the way. Anyway, yeah, click through there. So on our website, jockopodcast.com. Good way to support. Also, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Spotify, is that a subscribe? No, I don't use no, Spotify. Spotify is not. You can't get I don't. I, well, I don't think you can get it. But there's a bunch of any podcasting platform. I don't think Spotify is one of them. Oh. We had requests for Spotify because then you could play it on Alexa. But I can, you play, can it. play it. No, on yeah, Alexa. I can play it on Alexa right now. You can say, uh, Alexa, play the latest Jocko podcast. Actually, in not to split hairs, but it's called Amazon Echo. Alexa is just the name you say. Yeah, but Alexa is what you say. Yeah. So that's what I said. No, you said you can get it on Alexa. Oh, so okay. it's like technically there's a that? difference. <laughs> I just want us to go in correct and insane and doing the right thing. That's all. Nonetheless, subscribe if you haven't already. Is it sub- so put it this way? I'm not saying subscribe. I'm saying subscribing is a good way to support. Also on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Put some videos on there. Excerpts, not as many excerpts as I did last week. This week. Because I got, I, I learned this new video thing. We we talked about it earlier. I won't go mm-hmm. into it, but Thank I, you. I, I <laughs> it's pretty technical. But I wound up getting like obsessed with it. So like for I think it was like eleven hours a day for three days. I'm making this clip that's like three seconds long. Learning. So I I didn't get to the excerpts is what I'm saying. But as a result, I think there's 
I think the next video that I release is going to have some new things to it. it. Might be something that only I'm noticing. Maybe, maybe not. But nonetheless, that's going to be how it is. Either way, the point there is subscribe to YouTube. It's a good way to support. Yeah. I want to do a YouTube live. Figure out how to do that. Yeah, it's not that hard. Whoa. Yeah, so let's do Why? it. Why? Just a YouTube live Just a YouTube or a random live. Yeah, YouTube. Yeah. Like a Facebook live yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. Because I think it'd be cool to be stored on YouTube instead of stored on Facebook, right? Yeah, I think it's just a matter of. I guess it doesn't matter. Ultimately, it's just a video. Yeah, but if it's a if it's stored on on YouTube, people can go back and be reading it and whatever, and watch, sorry, watching it. If it's yeah. on Facebook, it's way buried in some random. Spot. Yeah, yeah, your your feed. Yeah, or what do you call it? Yeah, New, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, timeline, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, maybe right, I'll talk to Zucks on that one. <laughs> yeah nonetheless youtube that's a good one to subscribe got some other videos aside from just the video version of this podcast that's the good that's the the main reason i think to subscribe if you're interested in that kind of stuff and you can sign you know you can get a notification if you want you don't need it but you can get one also jocko the store it's called jocko store jockostore.com got some new stuff on there straight up rash guards Hoodies are up, I know, I've been saying it, but they're up, though, is what I'm saying. And hats. Got some hats. I, I, I'm i putting beanies on there. Oh, yes. That's, that's good, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. I so, hope they're thick beanies. They're, uh, I don't know, regular? Okay. I didn't know there's no, the, I've been, you know, doing some research. This is a good beanie. Okay. From all, I kind of extrapolated all the, you know, the advice on online, and these are the good ones. Um, also, some new rash guards. Okay, the new rash guard is a rash guard that says small action on one side, big reaction on the other side. When I wore it for the first time, uh, Keeling Taylor mm-hmm. said he he didn't know he didn't know the layers, but he saw it and he was like the essence of jujitsu. I was like, oh, because it is right, yeah. small action, big reaction. It's what we're hoping for, yeah. anyway. Interesting Keeling, Judo Keeling. Yeah, he knew. He knows about the the way. Also, uh, some women's stuff on there, which is cool, I think. Uh, Some patches on there, shirts. I'm gonna have a new shirt coming out. I don't. I don't have a new shirt. You have a new shirt coming out. Do I know what it is? Nope. Oh, interesting. Not yet. A lot of times, I'll get input from the online people, from the people, and I kind of. You know, every, most of the time it's like one-off things, you know, like, oh, I heard Jocko say this one thing, this is one time yeah, yeah, back yeah. then, I really liked it, we would make a great shirt kind of thing. And I'm, although they're usually right a lot of times, I'm thinking, hmm, maybe that might not translate into... You're real picky and choosy is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Put it this way, a lot of people have to hit me with it. Okay. And this was one of those. Hmm. I've actually mentioned it before. It's called Back to the Book. Oh. I think it's coming out. Good. Okay. Anyway, that one's coming out soon. Jocko Store, JockoStore.com. Take a look at the stuff on there. If you see something you like, get something. Also, Psychological Warfare. On all of our, this is what Psychological Warfare is. On all of our journeys. I'm going back to journeys. Hmm. Someone requested something the other day, and it was actually better than campaign or journey, but I forget what it was. Dang. Yeah. So it was better, just not that much yeah. better. No, it was better, but I can't remember it. I see a lot of stuff. That's true. You do see yeah. a lot of stuff. Well, on our campaign against weakness, <laughs> Journey 
Every once in a while, we'll run into roadblocks, <laughs> points of weakness. Hopefully, less than more. More times than not, we don't. We know you, what you're trying you to see say. What I'm saying. Not very clearly. Hopefully, but. not very often. But right. one, the un infrequent time comes where you run into those weaknesses. You said uninfrequent time, but it's cool. Un- we know what you mean, bro. <laughs> the not frequent. Yeah, the rare time mm-hmm. that you run into weaknesses. Do not worry because Psychological Warfare is an album with tracks that helps you write through that. Most situations, pretty much all situations, really. Waking up early, skipping workouts, procrastination, staying on the program diet-wise, all this stuff. A lot of stuff. bunch of tracks on there. And it's Jocko telling you pragmatically ways that you can practice. Wait, practical, right? Practical meaning you can practice these things. Mm. It's not just some philosophical slash inspirational yeah, stuff. It's I just, would say do. Yeah, it's more do. Practical. It's kind of the tame word for it. But nonetheless, practical advice coming directly from Jocko, directly into your ear on why you shouldn't give in to these weaknesses. It's like a little spot in your mm-hmm. campaign. That's what psychological warfare is. It's a good one. It's a real good one. So and by the way, that was way. the number one spoken word albums on iTunes for about nine months and it finally got beaten out by another album called Tell This Equals Freedom Field Manual, which is people keep asking me, it's available as an album with tracks, tracks. on iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Play, and other MP3 platforms. Also on Amazon, you can get Jocko White Tea. What's good about Jocko White Tea is if you drink Jocko White Tea, you are guaranteed 100% to be able to deadlift 8,000 pounds minimum. Minimum. Yeah. I don't care. What's your body weight? 125? Cool. <laughs> 8,000 pound deadlift. Yep. So with a guarantee like that, we're looking pretty good. Yeah. Try it out. Agree. Uh, there's some books. Way of the Warrior Kid. By the way, I just finished Way of the Warrior Kid book number two. What, the whole thing or the draft? The draft. I mean, there's going to be some edits. Yeah, yeah, the story is done. The story is completely done. It's a good story. I, uh, My nephew read it. And he said it's better than the first one. That's saying a lot because usually was, the second one. He left is... me a little message. And you know what his message said? Hey, Uncle Jocko. That's what it said. And he's he's in fifth grade. So it's pretty accurate assessment, yeah. we're assuming, yeah. from him. Good case study. Uh, but the book, number one, is out right now. Mm-hmm. And it is the book that you wish you had when you were a kid. I wish I had it when I was a kid. Agreed. Didn't have it. No one had it. Hadn't written it yet. No. Hadn't learned the lessons. So if you want to give a kid a better life, get in this book. Also, Extreme Ownership. Check it out. New edition is coming out. Mm. Matter of fact, let me rephrase that. New edition is out. It is available right now. It has a new forward in it where we talk about kind of what we've seen since the book came out. It has color pictures in it. Ooh, new it's color good. pictures. Yep. It has Echo's name in it. Sweet. Why is Echo's name in it? Echo's <laughs> name in it is, is in it because we took Q&A from the podcast about leadership and put the really important questions and answers in there so you can refer back to them without having to go through 101 podcasts and find the one question that you want to get. No, now you can Mm -hmm. find it in the book. Also, it's got a new cover on it, which is black, more cool. And, you know, because the Q&A is from you, I 
kind of need to thank everyone because this book is not just Leif and me anymore. Now mm-hmm. it's Leif and me and Echo and everyone that ask questions and uh, help with the podcast by asking questions. So mm-hmm. thanks to you all for the new version of our new book. Also, the Discipline Equals Freedom Field Manual is now available worldwide. (laughs) And if you've got questions, this book has answers. If you're wondering what workout should I do, what martial arts should I train in, how do I know what a good jiu-jitsu gym is, what should I eat, what should I do when I'm injured, what should I do if I don't feel like working out, what should I do if something bad happens, how should I overcome failure, if you've got those kind of questions, this book has the answers. Discipline equals freedom field manual get it for yourself and get it for anyone else that might want answers to these questions The book is not normal. It's not normal. I know it's not normal because you know why? I'm not normal (laughs) No, the book is It's black and the book it only has a black cover. It has black pages as well So some people don't like that and you know what I say? Don't read it yeah. If you don't if you don't want to read that, cool, don't read it. And as I said, if you want to get the book on audio, it is not on Audible. It is on MP3 as an album with tracks. You can get it through iTunes, Amazon Music, and Google Play. That way you can listen to it as an album with tracks. This is a mm-hmm. book that you don't sit there. It's not a story. Mm-mm. It's not a story. You might want to listen to one section of it at a different time. You might be saying, hey, I need to listen to a section about destroyer mode, right? How do I get yeah. into destroyer mode? One day, you might want to read about the fear of failure or listen to the fear of failure one day. You might need to hear sugar-coated lies one day. You might want to hear about the warpath. So when you have it as an album with tracks, you can listen to it in whatever order you want. You can set it as your alarm. Mm-hmm. You can... Put it in your playlist, that kind of thing, which you can't do with a lame, audible book. So that's that. Also, if you like the leadership principles that we talk about on this podcast and you want to get them for your team or business, we have a leadership and management consulting company. It's the premier leadership and management consulting company. Did I say that? Yes, I did. Echelon Front. Me, Leif, JP, Dave Burke. If you want us to come and work with your company and get your leadership aligned and get your leadership into destroyer mode, email info at echelonfront.com. And if you have any more questions or answers for us or something that you want to tell us, you can find us up on the interwebs on Twitter, on Instagram, and on the Facebook. Echo is at Echo Charles and I am at Jocko Willink and to the soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines who are overseas right now defending our nation and our freedom. Thank you for your sacrifice and to the families of those men and women. Thanks for supporting your warriors while they are deployed. That is one of the hardest jobs in the world, and thank you for doing it. And to the police, law enforcement, firefighters, paramedics, and other first responders, thank you for protecting us here at home. You do not get thanked enough. I'm thanking you right now. And for the rest of you out there, 
maneuvering through life trying to get the upper hand on the enemy or the competitor or trying to get the upper hand and get control of yourself. You know what to do. You know what action to take. You know how to win. So get out there and get after it. And so until next time, this is Echo and Jocko out.